Thank you, and thank you for tuning in to Beef Sticks Podcast, Episode One. This is the Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by Cloud Style Broadcasting. This is a podcast made for wrestling fans from lifelong, opinionated, and intoxicated wrestling fans. To start you off, we're going to give you a little info about ourselves. I myself, Fat Mac, am a wrestling fan from back in the 80s. I grew up on the NWA and WCW, but come the mid-90s, a little thing called the Attitude Era struck WWF, and I was hooked. After that, I went back and bought every tape I could find of the WWF and immersed myself in the history of the WWF. And I have been watching wrestling since before I can remember. I am the WWE guy. I keep it pretty typical for the main show, but lately I've been trying to get into watching other shows. And I think we've got a pretty interesting program for you guys. Hopefully you come back each and every week on Thursday. What you can expect from this podcast is a little bit of everything and anything in the wrestling world. We can bring you WWE Raw, SmackDown, all of that. What else do we got? We got Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Impact Wrestling. We'll give you independence, we'll give you one-off shows, and we'll let you know what's happening in the local Minnesota area. No, folks, you didn't click the wrong episode, and no, that wasn't a glitch from Spreaker.com. That was actually a clip from our very first episode, which literally aired one year ago today on Stone Cold Day 316 2017. Yes! Welcome to Beef Anniversary 1! Hopefully we're much better podcast hosts by now. Give me just one second, I gotta grab my charger, because I didn't think about that. I'll be right back. You go grab your balls, my man. I'll bring them in. Yes! That is, if you're a lifelong fan, which has literally just been one year... So I guess a year-long fan. But nonetheless, you will recognize that as the first sounds you heard from the old Pasty White and the old Fat Mac. And throughout this birth anniversary, first year, skirty burber, oh, the Swedish chef came and joined us on his beef anniversary. Harshy burber, harshy burber, we did little gobbledy gobbledy turkey, pasty bird in the fur mark. All right, all right. You, you you take it easy now, Swedish chef. We're gonna we're gonna get back at it. Um, <laughs> so th- throughout this beef anniversary, we are going to uh, be be highlighting a few clips from the year that was, um, year alpha, year zero, the birth year, whatever you want to call it. We're gonna be peppering a few clips throughout. Um, some things that we know you fans have enjoyed and have told us about, and just some things that have tickled us just right that we thought, hey, we want to hear this again. You'll hear some voices from the past that you haven't heard from for a while, and you might have a really shitty toupee on your head like Pasty White. (laughs) Who knows? I really wish we had a video tonight. I must apologize for that. It's been a hell of a week. Last week I had to reset my computer. Lost everything. I'm still in the process of piecing shit together, and I have to recraft everything from scratch. Hopefully next week, folks. Sorry, Beefversary 1. You get shit on. 
But you know, it's 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 actually I don't think I don't think we'd have it any other way because Beef Sticks started out with nothing but technical difficulties from the beginning. I mean, we're as grassroots as a motherfucker can get. I mean, we've literally we just scrapped together our own fucking money, bought our own equipment, bought our own airtime. We've put our own shit together. We take our own time to watch shit in between our own jobs and our own families to come up with all of this shit. And uh, I, I think this is the perfect way to, to ring in the new beef year. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't we have it any other fucking way, Pasty? <laughs> right back to page fucking one. Truly. Fucking truly. Um, yeah, let's just take a moment here to describe how painful it was to record our first episode of Beef Sticks Podcast. Folks don't even know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We spent over eight hours on it. Okay, first of all, we first of all, let's tell them we started at, like, fucking 7 a.m. back then. Yeah. With beer. beer at 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we making... probably spent three and a half hours trying to get the the opening statement. Just And then right. we're just like, just like, fuck it, we gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah. And it's worked for us ever since. Now we hit that live button and here we are. Yeah, what's it no with second live? Chances. I, I think it's I think it's never been better since we hit the live button. Oh, right. I like I like our pre-recorded shows. Yeah. I like I like the fantastic fables. I like the buttered pop culture. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy the edit editing, even though it's it's the most painful thing in the world. I still enjoy all that shit. But there's just nothing like live banter between two sons of bitches, you know. <clears throat> it's beautiful. It's pure. It's true. It's what we want to say without having to think about it. Uh. It's and it was <sighs> almost a year of doing this show. When we started recording for Buttered Pop Culture, that was not any easier than our first episode on B6 Podcast. Isn't that amazing? So just, just for a second, folks, if you guys ever decide to start your own podcast or radio show, always go live. Fuck that pre-recorded <laughs> shit. And just... It's, and to let you know, I've had I've had a couple people now um, bothering me about buttered pop culture because we keep dropping it on uh, beef sticks and um, nobody's hearing nothing about it, folks. It is in the works um, with with our schedules and with so much going on in our personal lives right now. What we want to do is, since this is a pre-recorded show, not not this beef sticks, but buttered pop culture, we are really trying to get a handful of episodes in the can. So that we can drop you one a week and still have buffer in between and maybe record once every two weeks and record a couple at a time. Um, and due to uh, Fat Max fucking shitty quality control, I completely lost what is prob- what was probably our golden episode of Buttered Pop Culture uh, to this point. Probably our best episode I um I fucked it up. The quality is so bad, I will not allow it to be re- released. So we are going to have to go back and re-record uh, an episode. I won't tell you which one it is. That way you won't judge it. But um so that's going to slow us up too, folks. So and that's on that's on your old friend Fat Mac who just his quality control was lacking that day. Um but the audio was so shitty, it just it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna go. You you don't want to watch or listen to it. You wouldn't listen to it. I wouldn't ask you to listen to it. And you should, because it was such a fucking fantastic episode. 
I'm terrified to re-record it. It I, might be. Uh, I really am. We might drop some of it on on Patreon or on a bonus episode or somewhere here and there. Maybe on our one year anniversary of Buttered Pop Culture, we'll we'll put that out as a bonus or something. Um, and then the fans can decide if they can if they can if they can put up with the shitty quality and just listen to the show. Maybe we'll put a uh, put a, a vote up there on the um, on the Cloud Style Family. Uh, facebook page and and let them vote on which one was better but and those and to those complainants telling us to hurry up and get butter pop culture out on the table i say why don't you come and host our next podcast idea you run one show (laughs) and then think about running two shows and 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 having a family and a job I mean, if you want more content out of us on a steady basis, you need to go to that Patreon. You need to help us make this our career. Because trust me, there's nothing the two of us would rather do. Truly, nothing. truly. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's more Fantastic Fables coming out, too. I've got... um. I've got a couple uh, set. I've got a couple all ready to go. They just haven't been recorded yet. Um, my my goal was for January. Then my goal was for February. Then my goal was for March. Uh, going forward, now the for April. Yep. And going forward, my plan is for it to be the first Friday of every month, once a month. So it'll only be once a month. Now I can give you the best quality and still give my family the best quality they deserve. Um. So we'll see. First Friday of the month is my plan for that, though. But we'll see how it goes going forward. We're working. We are working. We're not just sitting around diddling with our dongs. I mean, we're doing that too, but we're doing that while we're doing other stuff, folks. Oh, yeah. Gotta have work and pleasure. Yeah, you gotta dong diddle while you doodle all the live long day. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, let's let's drop a little love to the people that do support us, Pasty. Yes! We're talking about Monster Wear Clothing. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that this is the place to go for your custom handcrafted vinyl decals slap them on your ride slap them on your face slap them on your grandma's ass i don't care what you do with them just buy them for my buddy Corey matthews at monster wear clothing hit them up tell them pasty white sent you he'll hook you up real nice and beyond vinyl decals they also do t-shirts cut painted hockey masks and fuck they'll do backflips for you if you ask them they're great people Pushing the shit out right here in Minnesota. Fast turnaround time. High quality product. Monster wear clothing. I need not say anything else. And uh, since it is our beef anniversary, I do have a, a beer to shout out here in the clear. It is the Savior of the Sun. And it is a U-Tipples Alt 1848. It is a Dusseldorf-style Alt beer. That's B-I-E-R, not B-E-E-R. Alt beer. Der Kupfer Fox. That's right, folks. Der Kupfer Fox. Or the Copper Fox. A deliciously drinkable German alt brewed in the tradition of a Dusseldorf Brewery, founded in 1848, our Laproom's Copper Kettle Dome hails from there. 
as the inspiration for the copper-hued alt. This is a Minneapolis brewed craft beer steeped in the tradition of the European brewmasters. Their sophisticated yet timeless brews pair well with friends and a sunny outlook on life, as opposed to most beers which are just solidarity and hating yourself. Their beers are inspired from around the world, but brewed locally in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for you or for me. Derek Coop for fucks! Derek Coop for fucks! Knee tucker gerb! That's all I hear when you say that. I love it. Oh my god. And it, you know what? This is a this is a very German beer. Um Talk about like a uh well Guinness is an Irish. I'm trying to think of uh Heineken's a German beer. This is very unHeineken. Uh this is a very dark German well, beer. Heineken's from Amsterdam. When you uh when you drink it, it's uh it, it, what's the best way to say it's oily? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I enjoy the taste. It's thick. It really coats it's your dark. throat. It does. It coats your throat. It's dark. <laughs> it's thick. It um, I, everything. I, it's oily in the best way. It's it's dirt coop for fucks. If you could imagine a copper fox ejaculating down your throat, is probably what this is. And I think that is probably one of the most pleasant experiences you could have. So check it out. It's a Utipples Alt eighteen forty eight. If you Want a copper fox ejaculating down your throat? Just hop back down to 1488. What was it? 1848. 1488 also. Check that out. It was a fun time. <laughs> Shit's all good. 1488 before fucking Columbus came and fucked all the shit up. Go back and enjoy a fucking peaceful existence. <laughs> Just visit it for a moment. Get a pair of oh, go back. Go back and beat the shit out of Columbus. You made Trump happen! You know, Columbus never stepped foot in United States sto- soil ever. No, he was an idiot and went everywhere but. Yeah, he he landed in like uh, Cuba, and then he ended up in the um, the the what do you call it, Middle America, shit like that, Panama and that. He never he never made it to the United States. We sit here and suck his dick every year. He's never even he never stepped foot in the United States. It's just uh, I don't even get what the whole Columbus thing is all about, but. That's a whole other fucking tale to tell. That'd be a good buttered pop culture one day is the the bastards of the past. Abraham Lincoln, Christopher Columbus, John Smith, John F. Kennedy. People that we suck their dick every day and they're some of the worst human beings in the world. But let's not get so fucking political because this is our beef anniversary. It's been one year, pasty. Right. And instead of talking about a shitty white man, we're about to spend some time with the beef of the week. Speaking about a shitty white woman. You know what, though? Before we get into the beef of the week, I remember if we could just go back in time to a time when we'd only been around for 25 episodes, Pasty. Do you do you remember what you even called that? Oh, man. It was... I don't well, know. It was one of those perfect what, things that fell out of my mouth. I'll... I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll play the clip for all of our listeners at home to hear your classic. What, what you want? want? You want, want that, that beef? beef? You, you can't, can't handle, handle that, that beef. beef. 
Maybe you can. can. What do you think, Fat Mac? Do they need the beef? I don't know. I've handled your beef quite a few times. It's doable. You're really, really good at handling the beef. It's almost startling. Hey, I've had years of practice beef handling. It's the quarter of a centrisode. Quarter of a centrisode. I love it. I love it. That should have been the title or the show episode title. La la la. La, la, la. Pay no attention to the white man. More white man. Quarter of a centrisode. You folks have stuck with us for 25 episodes. And when you consider that not only is this a two-hour show, but our first few I'm just going to have something to say here, but I can't hear the clip. Three-hour episodes? Holy shit. Y'all have spent a ton of time with the old pasty white and the old fat man. Putting up with our bullshit. Putting up with our bullshit, folks, and we are so glad that you did put up with our bullshit for another 25 episodes. This is our 50th episode, the beef anniversary, the beef in your fucking ear. Um, and what Some you... people might be saying, but wait, this is only 50 episodes. Aren't you a weekly podcast? Well, yes, we are. If you forget the 13th episode. Or is it the 14th episode? (laughs) We lost one magic one. We misplaced. We also lost lost another week some point throughout our year. So it leaves us at 365 days with 50 episodes. Yes. Maybe we'll have another celebration at 52. (laughs) So what were you starting to bitch about before I I interrupted you with with our... Quarter of a centrisode, as Pasty put it. I don't think it's so much my gripe as everybody's gripe, because I don't know any person... humanity's gripe? (laughs) Of course, we're talking about the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, which, as a note, has since been changed to the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Um, To let y'all know, this, this was... This, we decided, was the beef of the week on Monday when we heard about it. When it was announced yeah. that, that Fabulous Moolah was getting a honorary battle royal named after her, it became the beef of the week. So we went out, we came up with a really cool fucking spread for beef of the week. A lot of shit. I put a lot of research in. I actually wrote up a big old fucking thing. And then I found another article. And the article was so brilliant and beautiful I was like, shit, this is more eloquent and has a lot of the same stuff of mine. Um, So we're actually going to read to you um, an abridged version of an article from Forbes, um, which just just said it a little more eloquently than I could have and everything. But after that, um, we're going to show, we're actually going to show you how much things changed from the time we decided this was the beef of the week until this day. Because like you said, Pasty, it has already... I, I am surprised at how quickly this moved. Pleasantly surprised, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, usually they make a mistake and they dig their heels in. At least it was resolved within the week. So here you go, folks. This is an abridged version of an article from Forbes. But um, this, this basically kind of gives you a fabulous moolah in a nutshell. The Fabulous Moolah became the latest controversial subject 
as during Monday's broadcast of WWE Monday Night Raw, they announced that they were having an all-female battle royal at WrestleMania 34, similar to or replacing the Andre the Giant battle royal, called the first ever Fabulous Moolah Women's Battle Royal. It's a mouthful, folks. That's that's what Moolah's patron said. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Despite an otherwise impressive and incomparable professional wrestling career, she was an amazing uh, uh, talent inside the ring. Uh, former trainers of the of the fabulous Moolah, though, have accused her of everything from financial misappropriation to sexual exploitation. In 1961, the Augusta Chronicle reported the former four-time women's champion made $125,000, which, adjusted for inflation, is the equivalent of just over $1 million in today's money. Uh, for a woman back then, that is fucking astonishing. Women nowadays have a hard time making a million dollars. Unfortunately, one would be hard-pressed to find glowing stories of Mula sharing that wealth. A former trainee, Mad Maxine, whose real name is Jeannie Mojeseth, and I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, described a torturous environment within Mula's compound to Bill Ferno of Slam Sports. Under the so-called tutelage of the then-living legend whose influence dominated women's wrestling at the time, women were charged rent in addition to training fees of $1,500. Now remember, that's 1961 money. It Today, could you imagine paying somebody $1,500 to, to train plus paying them rent? Like, not even not even in that money, just in, in today's money. That's astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. The accounts only become more horrific as Maxine went into further detail. This is a quote from her. The girls went into debt to her, and she controlled their lives. I made sure I had a job and a, so I could have a phone and a car, but the others were kind of marooned. It was an environment ripe for abuse. And that alleged abuse was especially rampant, according to former Texas state champion, Sweet Georgia Brown, whose real name is Susie Mae McCoy. And she is credited as the first African-American woman to hold a singles championship in pro wrestling. Fucking give it up to her. Sweet Georgia Brown, Susie Mae McCoy. She's a fucking trailblazer for women's wrestling. Why don't we have the fucking Susie Mae McCoy battle royal? Where's, where's that shit? Um... An article penned by Murphy Falk of the... That's Falk, not Fuck. I I hear y'all giggling. Uh, Murphy Falk. Falk. No, I said Fuck. (laughs) So Murphy of the Free Times profiled McCoy's brother, Michael, who embarked on a harrowing search for the dark truths of his sister's turbulent wrestling career. In addition to familiar accounts of financial exploitation from Moolah and her common-law husband, Buddy Lee, who helped her run her training school, Michael provided particularly troubling details of apparent sex trafficking. On the road, Susie May would receive odd knocks on the door at strange hours. Then, she told her daughter, Barbara, that she was told to take off her clothes. And when she didn't comply, she was beaten, often brutally. According to her, sometimes her eyes swelled shut, she had a tooth knocked out, and she was threatened with worse than that, as well as being drugged, raped, and having her money stolen from her by Mula. Now, let's be fair. 
WWE's self-editing its history and that of the others for the sake of convenience is nothing new. Just look at the fucking racist, homophobic, ultimate warrior. In fact, based on the very nature of pro wrestling as a whole, it can actually be very difficult for us as fans to determine where kayfabe ends and reality begins. But anyone even remotely interested in researching the unabashed history of the woman whose real name is Mary Lillian Ellison, otherwise known as the not-so-fabulous Moolah, sometimes called Pimpy Longstockings, will quickly discover how women's history in 2018 is still being haunted by its past. Now that's the article from Forbes. Then, the very next day, I had to put a note in here for me to talk about. And it said, as of Tuesday the 13th, WWE has disabled the comments to their The Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal to debut at WrestleMania 34 video that they posted on YouTube. The very next day, I had to put in another note saying that on the 14th, WrestleMania 34 sponsor Snicker and Snickers parent company Mars Wrigley Confectionery U.S., issued a statement regarding the backlash surrounding the name of the match. And this comes straight from Mars Wrigley Confectionery U.S. We were recently made aware of the World Wrestling Entertainment Inc.'s, or WWE, decision to honor a former wrestler during the upcoming WrestleMania 34 event. As a principle-based business that has long championed creating inclusive environments that encouraged and empowered everyone to reach their full potential... This is unacceptable. We are engaging with the WWE to express our disappointment. The next day, I had to add another note. (laughs) You know, thank heavens we didn't uh, fucking record this on Thursday because there's a lot of shit that's happened between the beginning of this week and now. Um, Not only this, but more shit to come that we have to talk about, folks. So it's, it's actually good we're doing this when we're doing this. I had to add another note. Thursday the 15th, due to pressure from Snickers and various WrestleMania sponsors regarding Moolah's past and their issue with the Battle Royal name, Stephanie McMahon posted the following tweet after the name change was made official. Folks, keep in mind, this was due to Snickers and other sponsors' um, allegations and being upset. I this But... She does not say thank you, Snickers. She does not say thank you, Mars Wrigley Confectionery U.S. She does not say thank you, sponsors. She says, thank you, WWE Universe, for using your voice. What remains most important is that the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal will be a historic match and is part of WWE's unwavering commitment to our women's division. Hashtag women's evolution. Hashtag change the name. Um, Stephanie, you didn't change it due to any fucking fans. You changed it because your sponsors were no longer going to give you money. Exactly. God, does she think we're stupid? Yes, yeah, they do. They they wouldn't have fucking named it that if they didn't think we were stupid enough to not know how to fucking <laughs> open Google up. During the fucking... You know... I... Go ahead, go ahead, because I'm, cause I'm going to... Um, yeah, go I ahead. have a thing here... And that is, this entire debacle is going to make it so Hulk Hogan is never in the WWE again. Sad but true, right? Yeah. Um, I also question if at this point, Moolah should be removed from WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, it would be the time to do it. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I, the whole removing people from the Hall of Fame opens up even more cans of worms. You have to admit that. Yeah. Who in there? I, I, I mean, Snook is out. Fucking Warriors out. Mike Tyson is out. Hogan's out. And let's be honest. Wrestlers back in the day were horrible people. Any celebrity. Any celebrity today is a horrible person. Um, and you know, the fact that she did that shit is disgusting, but that's not the thing that bothers me, pasty the most is that they did this at the height of me too and stand up. Right. Or, or no, it's stand together. Isn't that what it is? Oh man. Now I'm butchering a woman's movement and I'm, now we're going to get hate mail from PMSers and lesbians. Cause that, cause that's gonna help, Bubba. Call them PMSers and lesbians. <laughs> I, 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 folk, I, I, I kid, folks. I kid. Isn't it stand up? It is stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Yeah, it's stand up. Okay, stand up. A stand up definition. No, it isn't stand up. That's stupid. Not to be confused with hashtag take a knee. Is it stand <laughs> together? <laughs> <laughs> They're battling each other. Uh, stand together. Yeah, I think it's stand together. So, <laughs> me too, stand together. I should have just said me too because I know that one and then I wouldn't have sound like a fucking chauvinist asshole myself. I apologize for that. But nobody's honoring me with a battle roll. I'm going to be hashtag sit it out. <laughs> like, I'm going to not fuck with this one. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just my thing. Is This is the... Whoever is their, their public... Head of their public relations... Literally, and I don't say this very often, literally should be fired for this debacle. This is the worst time to promote a fucking womanizing pimp on your largest show of the year. After all the Harvey Weinsteins and all the other shit that's gone out there, this is just, how did they, how did they let this one slip by? I have no idea. I think it was a Vince thing, to be honest. I don't think this was Stephanie's idea. It might have been, but then Vince was like, we got to call it the Fabulous, fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. Stephanie we McMahon don't. was like, we need a women's battle royal. Let's name it after somebody revolutionary like Lilani Kai or Alundra Blaze. And Vince is like, God damn it, who's that woman who used to pimp out them whores all the time that uh, made them girls suck my balls? You mean Fabulous Moolah? Let's give her a battle royal. <laughs> Fill it with titties. <laughs> and puppies with those big, bright pink eyes in the middle. Good old Vincent. Man, now, now on Monday, Stephanie McMahon can go out and Announce another first in history. The first time in history a battle royal has changed its name in less than a week. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, that's the fucking first time in history they need to start hashtagging in it. It's, um... And, you know... Thank you, stickers. Fuck you, WWE. You didn't no do shit. it for us. No shit. And I did think about... After I kept having to update it, thought about maybe taking this off of beef of the week. I'm sure I'm sure Snickers uses chocolate that's made from slave labor, though. So they might not be the best ones to talk out about people from the past. 
You know why? You know why Snickers has been a sponsor for them since like 2002 or so, don't you? Um, you know, you know what Vince McMahon's favorite titties are, don't you? Haven't you heard? No. Chocolate titties. <laughs> Listen to Bruce Pritchard every now and then, man. He'll tell you how Vince McMahon loved his <laughs> chocolate titties. <laughs> Can't we get Jacqueline on TV for a moment? Well, we got nothing for her to do, Vince. I want to see those chocolate titties. <laughs> Settle down, Vince. Settle down. <laughs> Uh, I'm not making that up, folks. I make a lot of shit up. This, this is, this is from the horse's mouth. That comes from Bruce Pritchard, who allegedly heard it straight from the horse's mouth multiple times. Chocolate titties <laughs> is Vince McMahon's favorite part of a woman, and his favorite kind. Um, yeah, me for the week, man. I'm, I, I am, I am very glad though. I, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm super glad. That we had a beef of the week where somebody was able to correct it before we were able to shit on it. That shows somebody cares. Not that WWE cares, but like you said, Snickers at least. Snickers cared. The fans cared enough to make the backlash. Like, there was enough people who gave a shit that this actually changed before you and I could even sit down and bitch about it. So we gotta bitch about it and then congratulate certain people for making sure that it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Bring back our Rick Good of the job, Week for America. Snickers. You got it right for once. Yeah. God damn it. That's cool. Good for them. Good for them. But you know, Fabulous Moolah is not the first, not the only, and nor will she be the last controversial woman in pro wrestling, pasty. Definitely not. But this year, since we started recording to this date now, no woman has been more controversial in the past 12 months than a woman I like to call Paige. And with that, folks, we have another clip to talk to you about, which I think was our first discussion of Paige and a thing we called the Fappening 2.0. And just like like Xavier Xavier Woods Woods and Brad Brad Maddox, Pasty White and Fat Mac Mac are on the same same page. It's a double-team supreme, supreme, ladies and gentlemen. So in case case you've you've been been hiding hiding under a rock or just just completely blind, deaf, deaf, and dumb, everybody everybody knows about the big news of the week, and that is the Fappening 2.0. I will say, I'm not going to say they're unflattering videos. She looks good in them. I, I she definitely know, knows what she's, what she's doing. doing. She, knows she knows what she's doing. doing. Xavier, Xavier Woods, not, not so much. much. I, was I was very disappointed, disappointed in Xavier Woods' style. Um, very one, of, one of the few times he's underperformed uh, in his old career. I tell you what. <laughs> I noticed going back and listening to these clips that we used to play a lot of music underneath our our our, um, our vocals back then. Way back then, we don't like do before that the fourth episode when I moved away. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck them! Especially now with running, like, the live podcast plus the live YouTube show. That's too much to try to sync up. That's a lot trying to sync, yeah. Every time we we both have to do it, like, every time we have to do an audio, you and I both (laughs) have to try to fucking start it at the same time so that our audio listeners and our video listeners get it at the same time. 
Because one more thing about running something like this, folks, it, it isn't the smoothest thing in the world. We got Pasty running the video, and we got Mac running the audio. And so we got to work together to make sure everything fucking just fits together like a glove. I suppose that's one more reason I'm kind of glad that we're not doing the YouTube tonight. <laughs> I mean, it really, but, but I can sit in silence, too. That is true. So going on to news, notes, and rumors. It's actually a short news, notes, and rumors this week. Um, there is one thing, Pasty, that I don't have on the one note that we do need to talk about. And I will insert that in here. It's what I uh, messaged you about earlier today, what I watched. Um, actually, you know what? We'll start with that. We'll start with that because it's a big deal. It happened literally hours ago, folks. Hours ago. Um... Our good friend Johnny Bravo from Cartoon Network finally released the documentary about Mr. Richard Rodriguez. Some call him Doctor. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is the whole steroid scandal that you might have heard of. The N, uh, NWF. Why didn't I write that down? Isn't that what it is? Isn't that what his company was called? You look that up for I think pasty. Um, NWF. Anyways, I watched his documentary. It's like a 20-minute, 25-minute uh, documentary. I um, I shared it on uh, Beef Sticks Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash Beef Sticks Podcast. Why, why am I losing my mind on what things is? It's Beef Sticks Podcast, right? It is. Or is it just yeah. Beef Sticks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Facebook.com forward slash Beef Sticks Podcast. It's a it's a uh, just over twenty minute documentary. It goes by really fast, actually. I think. Go and take the time to watch it. Um, the audio from Richard Rodriguez is straight from the penitentiary, and I know this because, folks, I have my whole life had friends um, locked up in jail, and I. I recognize when you're talking to somebody on there and all of a sudden they cut in and are like, you are five minutes on whatever penitentiary. I don't remember what penitentiary it's in, but it busts in there. He's on there. Um, WFN, that's what it is. WFN. So uh, he goes on there and um, he, he drops a lot of what they say they have physical proof of a lot of these people. Um, he drops the name, um, oh, oh, Bassman. Why am I, why am I flaking on the first name now? Um, anyways, uh, Bassman, who ran UWF over in California. And, um, they do mention that some of the names that went through there were, uh, Ultimate Warrior and John Cena, and that is true, names that went through there that they didn't talk about were um, Sting, woo, and your and my favorite Samoan named Joe, who isn't Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe. Um, didn't say that those particular people were using steroids, but did say, Ron Bassman, I... I can't find it on here. I'm going to... Actually, I should double-check that that's correct. But Ron Bassman's his name, anyways. Um, wait, Ron Bassman, PhD? That sure as fuck ain't him. 
Let's go UWF. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that's him. Uh, Ron Bassman. Bassman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Bassman. There you go. Okay, I was wrong about wrong. Good old Rick Bassman. Um, yeah. Didn't say them necessarily, but um, names he did say that are official and that he has paperwork on. He said um, Jesse Burdick, who is a uh, power lifter, would buy under the, name, <laughs> under the name Jesse Ventura. But he made multiple times, he made it clear that that is not the Jesse Ventura. Jesse Burdick bought the drugs under the name Jesse Ventura, but they did show scans of documents and text and emails to where Burdick called himself out saying, um, talking about himself as Jesse Burdick, a.k.a. Jesse Ventura, when I buy your stuff. So, um, Jesse Burdick, Seamus came out on here um, named as a guy that they have physical documentation of buying. Jinder Mahal, I don't think surprises <laughs> a lot of people, came out as a man that they say they have physical evidence of him. Channing Tatum came out as a man that they say they had physical documentation of him, and they show pictures of him with... Well, uh, he, needed, he needed roids. So he could play his role of the gimp, and this is the end? You're damn right. You're damn right. They had pictures of him with um, um, Richard Rodriguez, shaking hands with the man. Um, Why would Josh... you have pictures of that? <laughs> well, he sold him drugs. Why wouldn't you? Uh, Josh Dumal. Josh Dumal, they say they have proof of. Now... Two names that, according to Richard Rodriguez, over the phone from prison, that he has proof of, but but cannot get to um, Johnny Bravo of Cartoon Network at this time. And they did. They, they actually put out a legal disclaimer saying um, the dates that he has information from, and it is from like 2014 through, uh, I want to say July 2007 or 2016, and they did say that the DEA has his laptop and his phone and all the other documents that would be from 2017 through, or is it 20, uh, through 2016, I apologize. So the DEA has all of his documentation, his laptop, his phone, which would be from 2016 to whatever present time he got arrested, which does make sense. In a legal operation, they, they very well could have that stuff, and they would not release it to somebody who's wanting to make a documentary just to make a documentary. They're going to hold right. on to it until charges are pressed. That's not saying that that's true, and it's not saying it's not true. It's saying that his excuse could be a viable excuse. I mean, it makes sense. Um, the two names that he expressed that are true and he knows for a fact are true but were not released is Mark Wahlberg and Roman Reigns. Now, um, Johnny Bravo did point out that, um, what's the Reigns? Tyrone Reigns or fucking uh, Leon Reigns or... Oh, God. Um... Fuck nut Reigns. There was another pro wrestler who isn't near as famous as uh, Roman Reigns. 
And again, I'm spacing off on his name. Oh, give but me a second. He, um, he is, there is documentation of him buying steroids from him. But he did say, oh, Luther Reigns, Luther Reigns. Yeah, there you go, Luther Reigns. Yeah. But he did say that Roman Reigns also has done that. Now, Johnny Bravo pointed out, he said, hey, you know, there was a guy named fucking uh, Jesse Burdick that used the alias Jesse Ventura. Isn't it possible that Luther Reigns used the alias Roman Reigns? And according to Richard Rodriguez, he said, the texts that I have on my phone are proof positive when you read them that it is Roman Reigns and not Luther Reigns. So Hi, my name is Joe Anawai. I would like to procure some of your finest steroids. Who knows? It could be. We don't know. Um, so that was kind of the gist of it. I, I mean, it is a really good watch. I recommend you go watch it. But if you don't want to watch it, I basically gave you all the goody-goody uh, mouth-watering stuff. One more thing I wanted to note that I found extremely fucking odd, and I'm not sure if this is a rib or if this is supposed to be fucking genuine. But at the very end, the last thing before it cuts away is it says, Film Dedicated to Ultimate Warrior. And it has a picture of the Ultimate Warrior. So here's a documentary about people buying steroids, and he dedicates it to the Ultimate Warrior, who died fairly recently. That, I fucking, I don't know what to make of that. That's either a rib, like, hey, I'm dedicating it to you because you made me the most money. Um, if it's not a rib and it's supposed to be genuine, then the guy has no, then the guy is fucking retarded because that's not a nice thing to do to anybody to dedicate a slanderous documentary to somebody who you're slandering is not a positive. Not sure what that was about. That just seemed really like that really threw me off. I was getting ready to shut it off. And then all of a sudden it was like dedicated to the memory of ultimate warrior. And then it had his birth year and his, and his death year. And I was like, wow. Fuck. <laughs> I wasn't sure what to think of that. I actually sat and watched it for a while as, as YouTube cut over to some other thing I didn't want to watch, and I still just sat there contemplating this whole thing. But um, <laughs> So that's kind of it in a nutshell. I do recommend going to watch it. Go to facebook.com forward slash beefstickspodcast. If you don't want to do that, go to YouTube and just search um, evidence of WFN. Do that. I mean, e- either or. I don't care where you watch it. But watch it. it. It's somewhat interesting. The audio is from the prison cell, so it's not the best um, audio. It's a phone conversation through prison phone. But it's neat, and um, and we actually got something. He's been teasing shit forever, and he's given us some evidence right now. We've got audio evidence, and we've got what appear to be scanned um, images that appear to be actual documentation from some folks. So this guy, Johnny Bravo from Cartoon Network, seems to be giving us actual evidence, like he said. And uh, and he was very adamant that he does not want to portray stuff that's bullshit. He said, I want to be 110% correct on everything. And he said, I'm not going to go out here and say that uh, Mark Wahlberg or Roman Reigns was on any of this stuff until you can give me evidence of it. All the rest of it, he seemed pretty sure of. So, um... 
take this as it is uh, a good watch for less than or for just over 20 minutes i think it's a good watch i think this is huge news not just in the wrestling business but obviously in, in just in the pop culture business as as a whole as there's actors on there there's power lifters there's pro wrestlers and i'm sure there's more oh yeah so pretty uh pretty interesting Mark Wahlberg was on that list too, wasn't he? I that was said one of the name first names dropped seven times now, Pasty. <laughs> Are you fucking listening to me? I said it. No. I said it thirty seconds before he said that. <laughs> <laughs> There's nice a lot of names. You pay attention when you don't have video going. You really do phone it in, don't you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mark Wahlberg's name is on there. He's one of the people, he's one of the two names that um, Rodriguez is adamant, did buy from him, but Johnny Bravo doesn't have the evidence. According to Richard Rodriguez, he has the evidence of both of them, but the DEA has that evidence at this time and is not willing to turn it over yet. Also, um, I guess I should state this, um, Johnny Bravo of Cartoon Network did say that he has been in, in talks with Richard Rodriguez's lawyer and Richard Rodriguez's lawyer assures him as soon as the DEA um, releases the laptop and the cell phone that Richard Rodriguez will get access to it. So that's coming, or um, that Johnny Bravo will get access to it. So that's coming from Richard Rodriguez's lawyer. So, I mean, uh, the guy's at least doing the best he can to make it seem like he's on the up and up. Yeah. I haven't physically seen any of the stuff. But um, everything, he seems to be doing his best to make it seem on the fucking up and up. Interesting. Very interesting. And actually, Pasty, correct me if I'm wrong, I think um, I think Mark Wahlberg was also named as one of the people, wasn't he? No. No. Fuck. Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie. Nobody believes that, that stick, sickly looking <laughs> fucking AIDS infested fucking cancer patient. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No matter what he tries, he can't put on any bulk. No. Beefcake! Beefcake! Moving on. WWE previously announced that Ronda Rousey would be appearing at every Monday Night Raw pasty leading to WrestleMania. Yes! So, after that announcement was last Monday Night Raw, was she there, pasty? No! What the fuck? No way, really? <laughs> yeah, you can kind of understand why fans were a little surprised that she wasn't there. Um, at the same time, the link to that WWE announcement now automatically just redirects you to Ronda Rousey's official WWE.com profile page. Um, as of Wednesday, Ronda Rousey was no longer listed as appearing at the next two Monday Night Raw tapings which would be in Dallas and Cleveland, respectively. Although the Rowdy Girl was advertised for the WrestleMania Go Home episode, which takes place April 2nd from Atlanta, Georgia. The plot thickens, folks. This is why it's great that we've pushed this back so many days, because every news article I've had, I've fucking updated multiple times. (laughs) After I wrote that, the very next day... Ronda Rousey was back in advertisements for each WWE Raw TV taping until WrestleMania. 
after it was reported that she was removed from several upcoming shows. According to those ads, Ronda Rousey will appear at March 19th, Dallas, Texas, March 26th, Cleveland, Ohio, and April 2nd in Atlanta, Georgia. But is this going to be like when they announced Brock Lesnar was going to be at Raw and then he wasn't there? Well, <laughs> then I seen a tweet from Wrestle News that said, and this just came out just um, just just today, this morning. Ronda Rousey is no longer advertised for next week's Raw in Dallas or the following <laughs> week in Cleveland. <laughs> So I don't fucking know what's going on. <laughs> no clue. So folks, tune in to Raw. If she's there, she made it. If she's not there, she's not showing up. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. I can't this is them trying something shit. new. When they were trying to make people less sure of the outcome of the matches by adding two more guys. Right. This is this is their next one. Like, let's keep them guessing Who's gonna by switching up? the news every twenty minutes. <laughs> and it kind of makes it feel like are they just trying to make people hate on UFC guys? Because like Brock Lesnar is no showing now. Ronda Rousey is no showing. What's up with that? What's up with that? I did like Roman Reigns' little segment on Raw though. I, I, I liked the segment. I still don't... I, I, I think they're doing the best they can. It's smart what they're doing. And there's and it's there's a surprising amount of people online that seem to actually believe that Brock Lesnar's no-showing these events. Like, wow. And apparently in the, in the stands there are too because people are literally cheering Reigns when he's saying, like, Brock Lesnar decided not to show up again because he's Vince's boy. Like, come on, dude. There's no more Vince's boy than maybe John Cena than you. Right. <laughs> I love how people like forget that there's actual contracts involved in this shit. Like Brock can't just no show raw. It would cost right. him literally millions of dollars to do it once to do it twice in a row. He's breach of contract and he could lose all the money he's already earned. <laughs> it's like, he's not not showing up. They're literally telling him not to show up and they're advertising him. Because they want him to be the heel and they want people to cheer Roman. And it's surprisingly working fairly well. Good for it them. They found something that's kind of working. And I I have nothing wrong with that. I don't have a negative thing to say about that. Brock Lesnar should get some good heel heat on Monday's Raw as well. Um, what with Roman Reigns having to be suspended for Brock to show up. That doesn't look good on Brock's part. Right? question is if Roman Reigns is in this shit when the shit comes out like yeah I don't I don't want to get into that because we just talked about all that and that's a big have to have a a promo and halfway through the promo it cuts out and the Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt shit starts right just like halfway through the promo like you guys haven't been here here's this awesome thing that you really want to (laughs) watch We hope we really want to watch it. Uh, Speaking of the other Golden Boy pasty, John Cena. Here's some more. Like, this is really a dead news week. So much is either changed or fake news. (laughs) So let's move on. 
John Cena reportedly auditioned for the reboot of Nickelodeon's Blue's Clues during last week's Network Upfronts, as they call them. And former host Steve Burns says he thinks the new host should be an average Joe. But he understands the desire to bring in someone with Cena's looks. The former Blue's Clues host says, if the network is serious about bringing Cena in for the show, he thinks they should fight for the hosting gig. What do you think about that, Pasty? I think that's great. I know he, he retweeted tweet a Cena or something and said that he'll be his opponent at WrestleMania. Was Steve the first or second um, blue trainer? Steve was the first. Okay. He's the one that had all the rumors that he committed suicide and shit when I was younger. It was like, oh, <laughs> shut up. He just um, got doing shows with a cartoon dog that he never saw. Yeah, he was sick of it. He was sick of it. So why would he want? So why would he want it now, Pasty? Well, maybe he I, fucking doesn't because Adweek came forward <laughs> Thursday and dispelled all the fucking rumors that Cena would even be hosting the upcoming reboot. Adweek writer Jason Lynch was at the Nickelodeons up front last week and was the one who took the picture of John Cena dressed as Steve from Blue's Clues and posted it. He tweeted the photo out just in jest, just to josh with people, just to fuck with them. And then obviously the story took on a life of its own, and then Cena and the former Steve and Nickelodeon and everybody jumped in on the fun because it's a hell of a way to get free publicity. Right? So neither the old Steve nor John Cena even fucking wants to be on Blue's Clues now. That changed in a week. (laughs) First they were going to fight at WrestleMania for the goddamn blue fucking dog. And now they don't even want the bastard. He's about to be euthanized in the local pound. I think it's so crazy how uncredible everything you hear is these days. It's disgusting. You almost got to chalk it up to Trump shouting fake news. People are like, oh, fake news. We can make that? (laughs) You know what? Fuck butter pop culture. We're going to call the podcast fake news, exclamation point. (laughs) Or we'll do another new podcast. When I was a kid, I always looked for fake nudes. And that was where you had (laughs) some worthless porn star, and then you photoshopped a picture of a celebrity's face on her, and it kind of looked sort of like it might have (laughs) fit. That's what I look for. We had fake nudes. Now there's fake fake news. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just disgusting how much... Yeah, just nothing. Just nothing. You can't believe any fucking thing. And you know what? The worst part is, though, just, just like this. This is a good example. Never once did John Cena say that he was auditioning to be the next Steve. John Cena, obviously, is doing a lot with Nickelodeon right now, so he's probably around when that happened. He's in the new Ninja Turtles, Kids' Choice host. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's got a good relationship with them. So they're doing stuff. He's probably like, hey, I watched Blue's Clues when I was a kid. Let me put on the sweater. They're like, hey, take a picture of me, man. And took some pictures. This dude posted it out. Then everybody else came up with the idea, Cena's going to be the new Steve. You know, it's like... It, that's the worst part is it isn't even them starting fake news. It's us. It's us, just the people who just start fake news for no reason. And that's why I think we should do a show called Fake News. Why not? 
We can. We could. I mean, we can make up anything we want. I do it here on fucking beef sticks all the time. Half the we time, I'm like, read... it's it's true. This <laughs> is a true story. Go ahead. <laughs> read headlines and then make up the rest of it. That's Great. what the show should be. That could be a fun segment. That'd be good. I love it. I love it. We could end the show with that or open it or whatever we want. Mm. Um, What do we got now? Is this real news? I think this is real news. Actually, it isn't real news, but it's real. <laughs> and it was a slow news week. So here you go. Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Carmella, and Alicia Fox. Wait a second. That didn't rhyme with Ella. Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Carmella, and Alicia Fella will be appearing on an upcoming episode of TBS Rap Battle Competition, Drop the Mic. And they will be taking on Glow Stars, Kate Nash, who plays Britannica on the show, Jackie Tone, who plays Melrose, Santamani, who plays Beirut the Mad Bomber, and one of my favorites, Brittany Young, who is Machu Picchu. This just sounds like a terrible idea all the way around. I think every word you said in this statement is terrible. No. 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 I don't want to hear any of these people try to rap. <laughs> I don't know. I think Machu Picchu could bust her rhyme. I ain't even, I ain't even probably, she's probably the only one. Britain, yeah, she, she probably could. I, I wish they had Alice so and anyway, Are I they rapping... She... Songs that already exist? No. Is it like lip sync battle? No. Is it freestyle battling? Correct. That's going to be fucking horrible. I need to watch it. I've seen a few clips. I don't know if it's this particular one, but I've seen a few clips. And they're actually usually good. And I'm, I'm pretty sure just like um the old Who's... I think for, just like the old Who's line is it anyways when they had to do songs. I'm pretty sure most of them are written out. I find it hard to believe so many of these people actually do that decent. They don't do great, but they do more decent than you'd expect these kind of people to do. Pacey, you're in the rap community. I've been in the rap community. They just pre-write. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this is. That's what this is, and that's okay. Man, I used to freestyle. People are, it's it's just a fucking disgrace. It is. We're going to move on to the injury report. But before we get into injuries, let us remind folks of one way to ensure you will be injured. From this clip where Pasty White created a brand new word, which wasn't censure-sewed, but is actually probably my favorite word of 2017. Better, folks, better than censure-sewed. And you're going to hear it right now. Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero both made their debuts in Ring of Honor at the 15th anniversary show in an amazing street fight against both the Young Bucks and Rapungi Vice. What a match that was. Oh, I'm telling you what. I'm always a fan for thumbtacks. I'm just going to put that out there. I am a fan of thumbtacks. And they pulled off a move that I have never seen before. They actually had... I believe, I believe it, it was, was Matt put the, put the thumbtacks thumb into, into Trent Breda's mouth, shoved his mouth full of thumbtacks, and had, had Nick, Nick super kick him. him. You've you seen the thumbtacks thumb fly. fly. It was beautiful. It was, it was a, a wonderful, wonderful display, display of thumbtackery. Thumb I, I must say so, so myself. myself. 
Yes, folks, from pasty's lips to God's ears, it was a wonderful display of thumbtackery. You do not want to put thumbtacks in somebody's mouth and super kick them. Uh, but that was a great match. That was a great show. That was um, the Young Bucks versus the Hardys at Ring of Honor. Who would have thought that uh, they're both pretty big in the news right now also? We're, we're, don't Please don't get into Jeff just yet, Pasty, because that's coming up <laughs> yet. <laughs> um, but Matt's big right now, and, and the Bucks, you know, with All In coming up, and... Um, And thumbtackery. I love that word, thumbtackery. You don't you don't get enough there's not enough places in your normal life to insert that word. You know, every now and then when you're at a desk or something and, and you see somebody's pegboard and there's pictures of their family up there and they got it displayed very very strategically, you could look at it and be like, God, that's a hell of a display of thumbtackery you got there. <laughs> but other than that, Not often. You come up with the best words, Pasty. Just off the cuff. I love it. Off the cuff is the best way I operate, man. You do. You do. That's that freestyle fucking motive that you got there. The, the name Pasty White was a spur of the moment. <laughs> Strategy was pretty spur of the moment. Fuck, we even named Trip City Trip City as a spur of the moment. Like, boom, you're one guy. Your name is Trip City. Why? Who gives a fuck? Your initials are TC. Twin Cities. Trip City. And it's... <laughs> My name uh, Fat Mac fucking just popped up out of nowhere. I was at a college party. I was in high school. Or some... I don't know where, what I was. My high school years are weird, folks. But I was somewhere in there. I wasn't... I never went to college. But we were at a college party and... I was hitting on this broad... And I'm, I'm a portly gentleman, as you, as you all know. And I came, and I'm smooth. I'm pretty smooth. And I came up, and I was talking to this gal, and I was just laying a bit down. And she just looks at me, and she's like, you're one hell of a fat Mac. <laughs> and my boy was standing right next to me, and he just started busting out laughing. And the, for the next week, that's like all anybody called me was Fat Mac. And it just stuck. It was like, oh, you're one hell of a fat Mac. <laughs> And you know, when you're big, you gotta have some 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 slickness to you, you know. You can't just walk up and fucking jiggle your titties like guys flex their fucking pecs, you know. <laughs> Doesn't work the same way. Plus, I got an injury on my nipple right now, and it looks weird. It looks like I'm lactating blood, and it's just weird. Basically yeah, it does look it. like you tried to self-pierce your nipple. Right, but straight down the middle. Very you were right. You were <laughs> wasted when you like not sideways through the nipple, just straight into the mammary gland. Fucking yeah, drilling for milk here. On the verge of passing out and said, "I want a mother." All right, under the injury report. You know we don't got a lot to to talk about here, which is good. I love when we don't have a lot to talk about on the injury report, um, especially when like this first one. WWE.com released the following updating fans on Xavier Woods' injuries from the beating from the Bludgeon Brothers. They said, quote, Xavier Woods suffered an injury to his thoracic spine due to the Bludgeon Brothers' brutal attack during SmackDown Tag Team title match at Fastlane. WWE.com, they said, can confirm 
that our preliminary diagnosis is multiple thoracic contusions. We're currently in the process of having him evaluated with x-rays and possibly an MRI for any further damage, such as ruptured discs or fractures of the thoracic spine. I've never heard the word thoracic thrown around so much in my goddamned life. It sounds awful, it sounds scary, but thankfully we here at Beef Sticks can confirm this is a work. Xavier Woods was not actually injured. It was a spot that went off as planned, and he was at a Barnes & Noble book signing the day WWE.com reported this. There are pictures of him happy and well, and customers said he was unhampered in good spirits, jumping and even gyrating while playing the trombone. <laughs> So, you, you gotta think playing a trombone in Barnes and Noble has got to be frowned upon. <laughs> if you're anybody but Xavier Woods, yeah, probably. I don't think I can walk in with a trombone and start playing. I don't think I could even walk in with a French horn and start playing. Fuck, Mall of America, you couldn't even get ten feet inside the doors of the mall carrying a trombone. I'm sure. I'm sure. Ugh. Uh, moving on to real shit. Big Van Vader. His real name is Leon Allen White. By the way, folks, just a couple days ago was the Wait, anniversary. We didn't get to talk about the Xavier Woods thing enough, man. Okay, go, go ahead. I go just want to mention down, Loke, how I would have believed it almost that he was injured with the way that they forced him down on the stairs and he didn't land with his head off the stairs. It looked like it hurt, like a motherfucker. Well, I'm sure it hurt. It was I'm sure it did. Yeah, <laughs> his uh, ow. I, I'm glad he's not injured, but yes. I, I definitely would have believed it. It was a good spot, very good spot. Yes, and I'm sure it did hurt. Bludgeon Brothers are fucking crazy. I love them. I I hope they end up getting somewhere. It looks like they're trying to push them. As long as they're not just people to take the fall coming up here in Triple Mania, which is what I'm, which what I'm fucking nicknaming it now, even though Triple A already has its own Triple Mania, but it looks like going forward every match is going to be a Triple Threat match. So I'm just fucking calling it Triple Mania now. <laughs> I think we've got 25 Triple Threat matches lined up so far. Um, we are going to talk about Big Van Vader, folks. Back on the 14th, which was just three days ago. That was the 24-year anniversary of when Big Van Vader ripped off Mick Foley's ear in Munich, Germany. So rest in peace, Mick Foley's ear. To this day, he has a mangled half of an ear. Vader didn't do it, the ropes did. Vader put him in the ropes. But that is true, yes. He got his, his head twisted in the ropes. He was taking his head out of the ropes and it just ripped the fuck right off. Um, the referee literally picked up the ear and threw it in his pocket and held it in there till the match was over and brought it backstage. Um, you know what? Would have been funnier if he would have picked it up and ate it. You know, folks, like, <laughs> we, we always admit that wrestling is predetermined. We'll admit that wrestling can be pretty goofy at times, but this is why we get upset when you say wrestling is fake. Um, other than boxing Mike Tyson, how many other sports do you lose a fucking ear? Right. Evander Holyfield yeah. did, and we don't take anything away from the bastard. But not a lot of other sports. 
Um, but the poor guy, Leon Allen White, Big Van Vader. Um, very underrated superstar. He's not in the Hall of Fame. One of the best big men ever. He's He's been in WrestleManias. He's been at... Um, Starcades. He's been in some of the biggest events ever. I don't. He just doesn't get the the love he deserves. I don't think. But he was a repeat character in the show Boy Meets World. He was. He was a father of one of the bullies. Mm-hmm. He was a legitimate, like a legitimate character. He didn't just show up as Vader. He was literally like tied into the well, storylines. Well, he was lines. Vader, but he yeah, was but Vader's he was tied father. into the storylines. He was the father of the bully. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he underwent heart surgery Tuesday the 13th. We here at Beefstick send out our thoughts and good vibes to Leon and his family, and we wish him a speedy recovery. Yes. And our uh, last... Hall of Fame. He needs to be. Yeah. He needs More to than be. a lot of people do. He More than a lot of people that are in there. Kid Rock? Not more than Kid Rock, dude. No, 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 no. You know why? Because... Ba with the ba, the bang the bang boogie. The boogie with the boogie said up jump the boogie. I told my son was like, Who's Ken Rock? And I was like, Well, he was a rapper, and then he turned to a rock rapper, and then he turned into a country musician. He's like, I've never heard of him. I was like, Yeah, his biggest song is literally called Ba with the Ba. <laughs> and he just laughed and didn't ask any more questions. <laughs> Um, and the next thing, in our, he, you know what? He has good songs. I can jam out to a lot of Kid Rock songs. Not any of his newer songs, but his old stuff. His old stuff. He he, he actually does a lot of. He's done a couple of features for Yellow Wolf over the last handful of years. Those, and those seem are like they jive together. Yeah, because yeah. Yellow Wolf is a mellow rapper. He's white. I mean, those things all he connect. He does rap, he does rock, and, and he's twisting country into all of it. Yeah, he's so not cool. selling out like Kid Rock did. And that's why I think Pretty Kid so. Rock is proud of him and comes and actually does these old school style cameos. And let's not forget. But no, I have, I've tried listening to Kid Rock albums recently, and it's all country. I was hoping maybe you get a couple, like one verse I think, rap. I think like one or two songs he'll throw out of like a rock rap, but I, I don't think you get much out of it. Yeah. No, I think you basically just get country or pop rock out of them these days. But we'll never forget him for introducing us to J-O-C, J-O-E to the C-Ho. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, one of the best uh, guest stars. Um, and our last injury report is an update. So, I mean, so it's cool. We had one fake injury report, one report of surgery, and and one update. So cool, right? That's fucking awesome. That's a win in my book. Word backstage at Raw is apparently that Dean Ambrose is going to be heading back to Birmingham, Alabama this week. And being as we're recording this, you know, 316 Austin Day, he's probably already been there. But I haven't seen an update on it. Uh, but he will be heading back to Birmingham to check on his progress for his torn tricep surgery that he had in December. Um, they're really, really plugging. They've had an interview, you know, WWE had an interview with Seth Rollins about how, you know, what do you feel about Dean Ambrose missing WrestleMania? And Seth Rollins talking about, you know, just WrestleMania isn't in the cards this year, but I missed the WrestleMania and I get it. They're really pushing it so hard. I really think he's going to 
make an appearance at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't think he'll have a match, but I do think he's going to make an appearance at WrestleMania. I could see him interfering in the shock triple threat match with The Miz, Finn, and Rollins. And maybe accidentally costing Rollins in the long run and, 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 and end up starting a feud between Ambrose and Rollins. That'd be cool. I'd rather see Rollins take the IC title and then whenever he's ready to come back, he just comes out and attacks Rollins for no reason. I could see or that. Or goes to shake I, his hand or hug him and hit him instead or something, you know? I think out of the three of them, in my opinion, Finn Balor has the most promise getting the title. Um, in all honesty, in a perfect world, in my opinion, Miz keeps the IC title and he holds yeah. it for at least a year. But we all know his baby's coming pretty soon and he probably wants time off. So let, we're assuming he's going to lose the title either at WrestleMania or shortly after, right? Yeah. And that's good for him. Good for him. Good for him and his family. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, either way, I, I mean, I think, I, think, I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Ambrose shows up at WrestleMania. And I hope not. I don't want him to miss a WrestleMania. The man, the man earns it. The man deserves it. Right? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. <coughs> well, maybe he can do the the pre-show alongside his wife. You could do that. Ambrose, the Ambrose. What did you think of her jacket? I had nothing wrong with her jacket. I was surprised. I didn't even know there was a deal until I read all about it. I don't know about the deal. And I'm not sure about the oh, jacket. Oh, well, good. Fuck it. The jacket looks fine. I have nothing wrong with a jacket, so fuck all you internet warriors. As I adjust fucking... to my new life schedule, I only watched highlights. This week. They've, no, they've just been fucking, like, bombarding her on the jacket that she wore at Fastlane, and it's like, I don't know. Looked fine to me. Like, looked like a jacket. <laughs> Didn't look like an ugly jacket. Didn't look like a crazy jacket. Looked like a jacket. No! Um, Shitty. Why the fuck didn't I think of this at the top of the show? Yeah, why the it's fuck didn't you, pasty? Huh? Three sixteen day. Yeah. It's our anniversary one. Yeah. And we also have to give a shout out and a top of the hat to Wrestle Talk for celebrating their five hundred K day today. Is it their five hundred K day today? I haven't yeah. I've been literally running all over and having so many appointments. I've never watched YouTube today. They pressed the button five times, man, and at least two of the times it was very impressive. They were on their way to 500K day, and that's today, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Good for WrestleTalk. Big shout out to WrestleTalk. If you're listening to this and you don't know what WrestleTalk is, hit up your fucking YouTube machine and type in WrestleTalk. I don't mind promoting another fucking company because they're awesome, and they're, they're, they're young up-and-comers like us. I mean, well... They're way bigger numbers than us. But, yeah, yeah. But they're not as big as a lot of the other uh, wrestling things. You know what I mean? Like what culture or none of them. Um, Honestly, me, I don't even really watch what culture anymore. For me, ever is. since. Yeah, ever since they left, it's been wrestle talk. See, I um. Well, I thought you were going to say something else. I still, I was surprised as soon as a lot of them people left. I thought I wouldn't watch wrestle talk anymore. Or um um. I wouldn't what watch um, What Culture, and I'd watch Cultaholic. I watch What Culture just as regularly as I used to, 
I don't watch a lot of Cultaholic. It's not as entertaining. Hmm. Do you watch Cultaholic a lot? No, actually, I've never seen an episode. Well, shit. Well, see? I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about it the other day, but I didn't I, know that I it... watched... I did watch their recap for, um... Or their watch-along. I watched their watch-along of Fastlane, and that wasn't bad. Uh, but I don't watch it as much as I used to watch, or even still watch um, What Culture. I watch What Culture. I like Simon Miller, and that's why. You know, I, I, I watch his... I watch ups and downs. I watch um, just their news segments. I still, I think I watch as much what culture as I used to, which I thought I wouldn't. And I don't watch very much cultaholic at all. Now, Adam Blampier not being around doesn't help. I think he was the biggest name on either brand. Oh, he's not. He's not on cultaholic. No, remember you remember. Yeah, no, I know he had that scandal. He's part of the whole moolah thing. No, he's he's not. He never will be. I mean, not for years, at least. Uh, Dude, they're all, you know, stand up and not me and knee down and me too and blow me and whatever it is. Well, I'm saying, guys, hashtag sit it out. Sit it out. Sit it out! No, um, sit it out. <laughs> so we got the police blotter coming up, legal news, if you will. But before moving into the legal news, pasty... Let's revisit our real head-scratcher from this past year. Well, not a head-scratcher, but definitely scratching someplace. Poor Poor X-Pac, man. I I wish him the best. best. Um, And and to his his defense, defense, he had a TMZ TMZ exclusive interview after after he was released, released. and he he claims the substance in his possession... possession was, was a, substance a substance called Candida, Candida cleanse, cleanse Capsules. I've, I've never heard, heard of it, of it but, but he claims uh, it was uh, these uh, Candida, Candida Cleanse Capsules, which he was, was taking to fight off a yeast infection. infection. So, so um, don't know. He, he didn't <laughs> deny the marijuana, which doesn't surprise anybody, I don't right, think. Right, we're, we're not concerned about it. It's not going to join. No, 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 no. Let him let, let him, him do that. that. That'll probably keep him off the other shit. What the boy needs is DDP yoga. yoga. Yes. yes. DDP will straighten his ass up. It'll be interesting. Obviously, customs detained him and confiscated whatever the substance was. So it's going to come out what it was. Oh, yeah. If it was this yeast infection shit, then it's going to come out that's what it was. If it was methamphetamine, it's going to come out that's what it was. You know, you know um, um, he needs to wash. He needs to wash his crotch between, between shows. shows. I think, I that, think would that would just save him all this trouble. trouble. If he just, you know, use some of that, use some of that gold bond powder that Shaq puts on his teeth. Just, just spray it on your balls, man. Just powder up your balls a little bit. Yeah. I think it would save him all this hurt. Maybe, maybe they'd see the gold bond powder fucking flopping from his shorts, and they think he's smuggling meth, fucking smuggling cocaine into his balls. Yeah. yeah. A new, new meaning to great, great balls, balls of fire, fire huh? <laughs> and folks, if you didn't listen to a few of the shows after that, um, X-Pac was actually exonerated. What he had was, in fact, medication for his yeast infection and was not methamphetamine. So the man had a itchy crotch. He did not have a speed issue. Um, I don't. I don't know 
know which is better or worse, but we're glad to see that X-Pac was cleared of all charges and uh, and uh, hopefully he got his yeast infection, infection taken care of. Right. <laughs> what a time that was. Holy shit. It was it was fun. Good old X-Pac. But speaking of somebody who has demons from the past, um this guy it's hard to uh he he's not he's not going to get away with a fucking itchy crotch on this one. Uh this is a super sad one because He's been a tragic story of wrestling, and we, I think most of us thought he had actually finally conquered the demons and was back on track. And then this week it came out, Jeff Hardy is losing that fight with his demons. He was, again, arrested for DWI, folks. And according to an arrest report obtained by CBS Sports, Jeff Hardy was driving northbound on Concord Parkway when he allegedly ran off the roadway, striking about 150 feet of guardrail before the back end of his car spun out 90 degrees, coming to rest in the middle of the right northbound lane of traffic. It was estimated by police on the scene that Hardy did $8,000 worth of damage to his 2016 Cadillac and $5,000 worth of damage to county property or the guardrail itself. He failed a breathalyzer and he blowed a .25, which, folks, is a lot, and that is three times the legal limit. Hardy's license was suspended for 30 days. He is scheduled to appear in court on April 16th, which was yesterday. Now, WWE released the following statement Monday morning regarding Jeff Hardy's arrest for driving wild impaired, and what they said was simply, Jeff Hardy is responsible for his own personal actions. We are investigating the matter and awaiting information from local law enforcement officials. Now, Hardy would only be in violation of WWE's wellness policy if his tests came positive for substances other than alcohol. But, and this is a huge but, folks. This is JoJo-sized but. Keep in (laughs) mind, Jeff already has two wellness policy violations that have carried over from his last tenure in the company. And he has a serious past of having substance problems that have affected his professional work. Now, Woken Matt Hardy, it seems, commented on the situation in his own unique way, as he does, saying, Ever since the seven deities have come to me, I do not put alcohol, drugs, or foreign substances into my vessel. I am more. Pasty, what do you got on this Uh, sad situation, man? It's a fucking sad situation. Situation, and honestly, with his addiction problems, I can totally see why he's spinning out of control right now. I'm sure wrestling is the only thing that keeps him on the straight and narrow. And when he's out on injury, and his brother is doing this—the whole woken thing—and he should be there as brother Nero. Yeah, yeah, I can see what would drive the man to drink. 
and potentially fall off the rail. You know, it's it's rough for him. But seeing his past and how it's been and with him being contracted to WWE, I'm kind of hoping to see a harsher penalty. Not a future endeavors, but a harsher penalty for this. Suspend him for 60 days and make sure he goes to rehab. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. You know, that's the best. I <laughs> Or maybe, once again, DDP yoga. <laughs> right? Now, and that's not even a joke. I mean, truly. He could probably definitely gain from the accountability crib, as, as DDP calls it. Put him in the accountability crib. Um, you know, I I want to say I'm okay with him being future endeavored due to his past. I I will never get over Victory Road 2011. Uh, TNA pay-per-view, Jeff Hardy versus yeah. Sting. Jeff Hardy was so fucked. To me, to me, that is the most... To me, that is the biggest blemish on pro wrestling. Um, you could argue that, that Chris Benoit is, but Chris Benoit's happened on his own personal time in his own personal home. Right. You could argue that Owen Hart's death was, but Owen's Hart death was a complete accident on all ends. WWE's, the rigging company, and Owen's. Jeff Hardy went out there and just completely, and TNA, I hold TNA as responsible because when you see that a performer can't stand up on their own, you do not let them fucking walk through those curtains and get in a ring where somebody else's life is in their hands. Fuck no. Right. So that's disgusting on both parts. Um, but I agree with you. You don't help somebody by making their life worth worse worth. <laughs> um, but you help them by helping them. So... Yes, uh, rehab, DDP yoga, anything that will help him is a better choice than just future endeavoring him. But he should be suspended longer than most people would in this case. I mean, obviously, this isn't even a violation of their policy. Um, fucking Jay Uso just had a DWI not too long ago. He was on the very next fucking show. And they won the titles, right? right? Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. They didn't lose yeah. them one or the other. I don't remember if it was before or after they won the titles, but yeah. Um, that's not against your, I mean, you can go out and get drunk. That's your prerogative. Um, now, sometimes I'm one of those people that says, hey, you want to go out and get drunk? That's fine. I, I'm not okay with drinking and driving, but if you get pulled over and you had a couple beers and you blow just over the limit, I'm like, come on. But no, if Jeff Hardy blew three times over the limit and he wrecked his fucking Cadillac into uh, 105 feet of guardrail, that could have been a human being. He easily could have killed somebody else. So yes, he's completely responsible. This is this is not okay. There is no sugarcoating this incident in the fucking least. It's not like, well, he just had a few drinks and they're being picky. No, right. he, he could have killed somebody, anybody. Yeah, he ended up and sideways it's, it's not on a, the other it's side. Not a of one-time issue. This is this is an issue with addiction, and addiction should be looked at more seriously than a one-time offense. Yeah. Um, now I do know, I, I know, I know cause I was there and I helped out. No, I have heard that brother Nero or Jeff Hardy, one or the other 
was filmed in the ultimate deletion that uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt had because that was filmed last week while we were recording our fucking shit. They were recording yep. the ultimate deletion. Um, according to Rebby Hardy, he is in that, but also according to Rebby Hardy, he's in there to make just a small appearance and can easily be edited out. Now, nobody has officially said whether he will or will not be in it. So that'll kind of be interesting next week to see this, this coming Monday to see if he actually, if they allow him to be in it or if he gets edited out. Now that could be a call from, from Matt and maybe not even WWE. Like Matt says, no, right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm trying to help my brother. I'm sick of this shit. I don't want him in it. And it might not be, I don't know. Um, one thing though, in the, in the promo, he did bring up the Lake of Rejuvenation and I'm really looking forward to seeing Bray Husky going in. <laughs> I know it. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? You know, that wasn't that wasn't the best. I mean, it was very... How do they even do that, though? Because they're going to have to make him shave his beard and cut his hair? Yeah, or... they, Come on, dude. They CGI'd off... They, yeah. they CGI'd fucking Superman's mustache off of fucking Justice League. They could do it. <laughs> I'm sure that costs a lot of fucking money, a lot more than WWE is willing to spend. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm torn because I was so happy when they did that, um, that little, uh, uh, vignette that showed Vanguard 1 and Senior Benjamin and King Maxwell saying, Brave Wake, you're going down! And, and it had the, it had, um, Skarsgård, he was rowing in the Lake of Rejuvenation on Skarsgård, and, and it had all that stuff. Like, I was popping for all of that. But at the same time, I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is a very WWE-produced segment. <laughs> like, this does not look like a fucking deletion segment. So it's gonna, it's, it is going to be interesting. WWE, but everything else is broken mat. It'll and be I think it's going to be, I'm hoping it's the perfect blend of the two. I'm hoping I would you're right. Like production values on a deletion video. I don't know what I hope- do. Wasn't that part of the wasn't that part of it though? Like it was like one of those awesome horror yeah. movies that were shitty production. Wasn't that part of the what we loved about it? Yeah. Well hopefully WWE just doesn't throw slap a lot of text and emojis over it. Oh my god. <laughs> He's gonna punch him and it'll be the old Batman pow zip yam <laughs> They show a sweet potato. Yam! I don't know why yam. No, I, I am I, I am 100% hoping for the best because I want this to be great and I want there to be more. Not with Bray Wyatt, but with somebody. Um, Sanity could be coming up anytime now. Authors of Pain could be coming up anytime now. You know, you got, you got War Machine coming in. Could they skip NXT? Probably shouldn't. But, you know, I mean, there, there's people you can do it with, right? Better than Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the best, man. Um, we did have a paper. Holy shit, Pacey, this week has been so crazy that up until, like, yesterday, uh, I had our whole fucking uh, OneNote page put together, and then I looked at Mitchell, or uh, somehow Phantom and I were talking, and, and I was like, dude, Fastlane wasn't this last Sunday, right? And he's like, yeah, it was. It's like, there's no way. I was like, we've already discussed Fastlane. He's like, nope. Fuck, I gotta do Fastlane results, too. 
<laughs> Which is good because it's been a slow, uh, it's been a slow news week, so that's fine. But before we get yeah, into fast, it was a lot better than I had expected it to be. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a good thing we had low expectations. I would say. Yeah. Oh, you can't do this to me right now. Um, before we get into fast lane results, let's go back and visit a time that we were discussing another big show. And talk about an up-and-comer who has literally only gotten bigger since we have talked about him. We'll play that clip right now. Uh, uh, New, New Japan, Japan is going, is going to, be to be bringing, bringing their, their famous, famous G1, G1 tournament to Los, Los Angeles, Angeles this summer. This summer as, as they, they continue the United to States, break baby. through into the States. Yes, yes I'm, I'm super, super stoked. stoked. We should we go, go Boba. I would love to. I would love to. G1 Climax is right, right up there. there. Um, um, if you, either either Bola, Bola or G1 Climax, Climax, which are both, both now going to be in, 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 in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Um, for um, those of you who don't know, Bola is uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla's Battle of Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Um, between um, Bola and G1, and G1 Climax, Climax, this is basically, basically the biggest non-WWE event in pro wrestling and literally a who's who of wrestlers are the ones that end up winning these things. The G1 Climax... Oh, I, don't I don't have internet, have internet right, right here. here. I, I want to go, go out and say that, that Will Osprey was just... No, no Kenny, Omega, Kenny Omega, the cleaner, Kenny, Kenny Omega, Omega, was just was the, uh, the first, uh, first uh, Gaijin to win the G1, G1 Climax. Climax. And that was, and that was I want to say, two years ago now. Maybe, maybe it was last year. year. Actually, it was probably last year. And that was kind of when he got he got big and everything. Pacey, you can double-check me on this because you have internet access. I don't. So, so I can't, I can't double, double check that, but I want to say the cleaner. cleaner. That's, that's, that, that was kind of the thing that got, got him uh, shooting, shooting in everybody's, everybody's mouth, mouth, if you will, to, 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 to do a porn star euphemism, euphemism there. there. Uh, was uh, he was, was the, the first Gaijin. Gaijin. And, and again, and again for, for folks who are listening who might not know a lot of the wrestling terminology, a Gaijin is a term for a wrestler in a Japanese promotion or in Japan who is not of Japanese descent. He did, he did win, win the G1, G1 Climax. Climax. Uh, it's the 26th G1, G1 Climax, and it was last year. Okay. Hey, I got it right. You don't need the internet. Call me the professor, motherfucker. I'm taking Mike Tanay's spot. Yeah, I mean, so right there just right there tells you. Honestly, before that win, no... Um, 1%, 1 of you listening, listening to this today knew who Kenny Omega, Omega was, was before that win. win. Um, you know, maybe 5% of WWE, uh, uh, people who watch WWE and go to their shows knew who Kenny Omega was before that win. And now he's a household name. Mm -hmm. You know, people were chanting his name at the Rumble. What does that tell you right there? This is huge that they're bringing this to the States. Huge. Potentially, Potentially the biggest, biggest star outside, outside of the WWE, WWE I'm, I'm excited, excited for this. For I'm so, so excited. excited. I'm, I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. As Jessie Spano would say when she's on drugs on Saved by the Bell. Remember that episode? Yeah. She got fucked up on drugs. She got so excited. She just couldn't hide it. She got it. She got into Sean Waltman's yeast infection medicine. So there you go, folks. Back then, Kenny Omega was was making a lot of noise, and he's just been making even 
more noise ever since. It hasn't quieted down. In fact, it's gotten much, much louder. Yes, it has. Man, that man is fantastic. I can't wait till there's nothing left for him to do but go to WWE. Yeah. And we were talking about how the G1 Climax was going to be the very first New Japan show in the U.S. at all. And now we got the U.S. title. We got Strong Style Evolved coming to to the U.S., um, as we have talked in just the last few weeks, I mean, they're making their U.S. presence felt. What started as a first-time thing, Pasty, when we... I mean, and it's only been a year that we've been talking. What started as a first-time thing is now turning in, into what's going to be a long-term initiative, right? From New Japan? Yeah. Yeah, a very strong presence in America. I'm happy to see it. And and that has had the ripple effect, and now WWE is being forced to make strong presences elsewhere in the world as well. And I think it's great for wrestling all the way around. I think a lot of that is contributed to Kenny Omega. Yeah. There's a lot of talented wrestlers there, but I honestly see Kenny Omega as the man who carries New Japan on his back with pride. Globally, globally. I'll, I'll give you, he's the guy that gets the word out globally. I'd say Kenny Omega's your Roman Reigns. I think Okada is still your AJ Styles. If you're if you're making WWE to New Japan comparisons. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, Kenny Omega wrestles way better than, than Roman Reigns. So, so don't send your hate fucking mail to me now. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Roman Reigns brings in fans from everywhere. And Kenny Omega brings in fans to New Japan from everywhere, which is mainly your your, your English-speaking nations. Um, where your Okada puts on the six-star matches, and your AJ Styles puts on your six-star matches. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And, and Okada put, or Omega obviously puts on amazing matches, too. Don't get me wrong, by no means. Um, yeah, New Japan... I, I agree, Pacey. New Japan would not be where it's at today, probably... Without Omega, you could even argue without Jericho, as uh, kind of sacrilegious as they may sound to so many New Japan fans. <laughs> Jericho did a big part in opening up people's eyes. Yeah, yeah, the eyes that wouldn't open when they would hear about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and and everything going down in New Japan. Yep, the Will Ospreys, the Ricochets, all of them. <laughs> and um and like you said it's it's forcing WWE WWE has the greatest rumble ever now taking place in Saudi Arabia with 50 motherfuckers um they they got their um they announced we said last week that they officially announced their Australia show which they haven't officially announced is going to be global warning so that, that might not be the title of it but they will do a um, Australia show. Whether whether that'll be one of their pay-per-views, that would make s- s- uh, 13 pay-per-views instead of 12, or whether that's going to be um, just a network exclusive, we don't know, but it's allegedly going to be a big show. And that's good. That's good for everybody. The more, the more wrestling available to the more fans, 
the better all of us are. Well, are we going to get to see the greatest Royal Rumble? I hope they record it. And like, like I said last week, I am perfectly okay with them not showing it until they come out with some kind of Royal Rumble um, DVD and then putting it on there. I'm okay with that. I think that'd be super smart of them to promote this so much, to talk about it so much, to shove it down our throats. And then next year or in six months, put out some sort of, you know, best of Royal Rumble or something kind of DVD and have that available only on that DVD. To me, that's smart marketing. Um, it is, but they're bastards because we pay for the network and that you, should be enough. Yeah, but do you want to see? We should get every DVD on the network. That I agree with. I wish they put out more of their, I, I go and I check, um, oh, what do they call it? They call it, um, I don't remember what they call it now. But there's a segment for just WWE DVDs. And I check it pretty regularly, and it's pretty sad how not often it's updated. The last one they did was the best moments in ECW history from last year. And that's not one of their best DVDs they've ever put out. So, <laughs> um, But to be honest, I am not looking forward to watching a 50-man Royal Rumble. If they were going to put that, like if next year they said, we're going to have a 50-man Royal Rumble... I would be like, fuck you, I'm literally not watching it. I'm going to literally shut it off immediately when it starts so that your fucking markets show a drop-off at that moment. Um, they did a 40-man Royal Rumble once, and it was awful. They've done a 20-man Rumble. It's been good. 30-man is good. They've done two minutes in between, one minute in between, 90 seconds in between. I hope with a with a 50-man, it's like 30 seconds in between. I would hope. I like 90 seconds. I don't know. There's got to be like a max capacity for that ring. Oh, fuck yeah. You yeah. Have they got to start eliminating people. They got to start <laughs> eliminating people quickly. I thought about that too. Like there's no way you're having fucking, you know, 25 of your largest fellas in there too. I mean, some of the first ones got to be cruiserweights. And then there's got to be a lot of eliminations to begin with because, yeah, there is a weight limit on that ring. <laughs> You ain't having all 50 motherfuckers in there at one time. That ain't happening. <laughs> fast lane. Fast lane. A very, uh, I think, I mean, I, like you said, it, I was surprised with it. I thought very little of it going into it. It exceeded my expectations, which was good. Um... Before we get into it, my my feelings of it, and I've said this going on, I think this was the definition of a down-the-middle pay-per-view. I think this was a very good episode of SmackDown, or this was a, yeah, this pay-per-view was worth watching. And that was it. Um, I wasn't <laughs> disappointed, but I didn't walk away amazed either. Which, compared to the majority of WWE's pay-per-views, I think is a positive. I think that's better than a lot of their pay-per-views. I'm saying good things about it. it yeah. It may sound like I'm shitting on it, but to me, I guess... They, they turn they turned chicken shit into chicken salad. Chicken salad's not a porterhouse steak, but it's better than chicken shit. Right? I want to say, and this is difficult, but this is possibly the best fast lane... Of all time? I I don't even remember any of this particular <laughs> fast lane, so I, I, I can't exactly. say that one way or the other. 
<laughs> well, I'm not going to remember this one next year, though, either, Pasty. I'm not. Uh, but let's start off. We had the kickoff show. Ty Dillinger and Breezango defeated Mojo Rally, Chad Gable, and Shelton Benjamin in what could only be described as a superstars episode. <laughs> right? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I, um... As I, I usually do for not big four pay-per-views. You skipped four it. Wins. Yeah. Because I'm not going to start watching at 6 o'clock. Yeah, Sorry. Not when you show the promo packages again during the pay-per-view before every match. I don't right. need to watch the fucking pre-show. Not right. going to do it. And I guess I should put out here, too, to everybody listening. Um, I wasn't fully... Uh, I wasn't fully paying attention to the pay-per-view while I was watching it either for personal reasons, and I never did go back and rewatch it. So my feelings are based on what I felt at the time. That's what you're getting. Um, so so it might be different from you, Pasty, and, I, and I'll take your opinions of it maybe a little higher than mine, but I also might argue with you because I like to argue with you. We'll see. Um... We had, to start off the show, was Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Rusev. Um, again, to me, this could be any episode of SmackDown, but I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a great match. And they made... I thought of you Rusev. during this match. Why? Because just the week before... They had um, Nakamura versus Aiden English. And you were like, you can't give him Rusev because everybody loves Rusev and, and Nakamura is going to be the heel and they're going to love Rusev. They did a. I was surprised at how there were Rusev Day chants, but Nakamura seemed to be the face during the whole thing. Rusev did a good job of making himself the heel. I think it was more on Rusev making himself the heel than on Nakamura making himself the face. Nakamura did a great job playing the face. Yeah. But um, I didn't think it was overwhelming. Did you? Were you surprised on that? I, I was surprised from what I had predicted to what I got, yes. <clears throat> um, I thought it was a great match altogether. A, a really good start-up pay-per-view match, get the pace moving. Rusev, I think, looked better in this match than he has in any match he's been in since his winning streak at the very beginning of his career. Yeah. Um, Nakamura might have won it, but Rusev got a lot of spotlight from it. They're not going to do anything with him, are they ever, Pasty? No, I, I, think, want, I, I think I want them to. Building to it, they can't until after WrestleMania for obvious reasons. I think when the the brand or the the shakeup or whatever the fuck happens, yeah, I think then you're gonna see more with Rusev. God, I hope so. I really hope so. I don't. I don't. I'm. I fear. I'm fearful that they won't. Um, but yeah. yeah, and just I, because we're not gonna get to talking about the shows, I'm very ahead. much looking forward to seeing Braun Strowman be the Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah, that's your if thoughts too. He's gonna do win it himself, right? Why the fuck can't Braun yep. do it? That's I'm with you. I think he's gonna win it, but I don't think he's gonna pick a tag partner. I'm with you 100 percent there, Lowe. It should be him. It should be. Why not? He can it's, take it's a good out way the to get him over. And you and I have both said, weren't. Wait, oh, fuck. Was that? 
Yeah, that was was that us talking where we said both Raw and SmackDown don't have shit for tag teams right now? Maybe that wasn't us talking. It wasn't us. I was talking to somebody else. But no, but both Raw and SmackDown right now don't have shit for tag teams, and it's obvious. Just the fact that it was uh, Usos and New Day again on this pay-per-view proves that that SmackDown doesn't have shit for tag teams, right? That's their only two tag teams. With with Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, the bar's good. The bar's raw. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, you're right then. SmackDown tag teams. Even on Raw, though. On Raw, you have the bar and you have, um... You have the bar and you have, um... What's the other one? Yeah, fuck. See, that's my point. Both both of them are super lacking in the tag department anyways. You could you could combine them both and have an okay tag division. Let's say that. Uh yeah, I I was very not paying attention to this one, so I'll give you that Pacey that it was a great match. Um when I look at Shinsuke and Rusev, I say those two are going to put on a great match. Yeah. I'll give you that. You and I both went for Nakamura and we both got Nakamura. So rock on. Next one was the US Championship match. Uh, again, to me, this was just a SmackDown match. Not not horrible, but not great. Uh, but I don't think, I think there was very few, I think there was maybe 5% of people out there that expected Randy Orton to beat Rude at this point in time for the championship. Huh? That kind of came out of nowhere. Just like an RKO! Right, right. I think that's why they wrote that in there. <laughs> what do you see with this? I, mean, I, I know where I see this going. I want to know where I want to see where you see it going. We might have the same plan. I don't know. Uh, Bobby Roode's gonna get it back at Mania, and a triple threat with Jinder Mahal. Oh, we don't have the same idea. I, I think it's uh I think Jinder Mahal wins it. I think uh Randy Orton's a transitional champion for Jinder to win it and hold it. Uh I don't think that's a bad thing. I think this is what they originally should have done with him. Um I think depending on what comes out with this steroid shit that can change. Right. I'm not basing any of my I'm basing all of my stuff on storyline, not on um Johnny Bravo from Cartoon Network. Um <laughs> So I'm not throwing any of that in there at this time. I honestly think Randy Orton's a transitional champion for, um, I don't think they wanted Jinder to beat Bobby. I think they thought that would look bad for Rude. Randy Orton, you you don't lose anything from losing to Randy Orton, I don't think. No. Um, And then Randy Orton can lose to Jinder Mahal and not drop a peg either. Right. He's still a Grand Slam champion now, finally. Which I, I take, okay, so first of all, Doing this podcast, I end up doing a lot of research, which makes me hate my life. <laughs> but I enjoy doing it. I could easily not do it, and it would be just as good. Okay, so here's the thing. First of all, first time Randy Orton's ever won the U.S. Championship. Eh, wrong. That's that's wrong. It's bullshit. They say so many lies. I always every time they say first or only or anything. I fucking go right away and check that shit out. I hit up Google and Wikipedia and WWE.com and as many places as I can because I want them to be wrong. Randy Orton won the U.S. title back in like 06, but he won it for Edge. 
Edge was supposed to be in a match for the U.S. title. He was out injured. This was during their rated RKO tag team that they were in together. Randy Orton took Edge's place and won the U.S. title, but Edge got the U.S. title. So this is the first time Orton's ever held the U.S. title, not the first time he's ever won it. So that's (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) Second, I don't know how you do Grand Slam champion at this point in time. You have two world titles. Right. You have two tag titles. You have a 205 fucking champion. You have an NXT champion. You, you're going to have a North American champion pretty soon. You have a fucking United Kingdom champion. You have two women's champions. I don't know. Like, what is a great... Like, what do you call a Grand Slam champion at this point? I don't like that term. I don't... I mean, to me, I just don't like it because it's a very, like, just made-up term. Like, it's whichever titles they decide to include at this moment. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of always been the case. That, yeah, that has always been the case, and you're right, but it just, it, it makes it, it makes it difficult. The other thing that really surprised me, Pasty, but made me realize, from the beginning, they only seen Randy Orton as a main eventer. From the fucking beginning. Because I did a little research... Again, Grand Slam champion and first-time U.S. champion. I was going to look up every championship this fucker won since he was in fucking middle school. And he won a spelling bee, believe it or not. That was at uh, our sister St. Anthony's um, fucking Catholic school. Um, our sister St. Anthony. <laughs> she, she was a transvestite nun, all right? They were very progressive. <laughs> I don't think the Catholics are down with that. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Can you believe that besides holding the WWE Championship, I believe it's nine times, and then the World slash WCW Championship, I believe it's five times. And I might be wrong on those numbers, but it's a it's a huge amount of time. He's he's held both of them a ton of times. He's held the the uh, SmackDown Tag Title only once, Raw Tag Title only once, IC Title only once, and now US Title only once. They've literally only That's given them to him because he hasn't had them. <laughs> literally. Like, they're like, you're a world champion. We want you to have the world title now. We want you to have the world title now. Oh, you haven't had the Raw Tag title? Oh, yeah, we'll give it to you. Oh, you haven't had the IC? Oh, we'll give it to you. Like, That's what I feel like. I thought yeah. that was... In- I just... I, I don't know any other... That was interesting to me, I guess. I thought... Somebody as decorated as Randy Orton, I expected to hold some of them titles multiple times, you know? Yeah, I thought I thought he was for sure a multiple-time IC champion. Right? But that's crazy. It is crazy. Not a negative to him. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. Just some, just an interesting fact I, I came up while uh, researching this shit that I thought was very interesting. Um, again, you and I both picked Bobby Roode because I, I think very few people expected Orton to win it, so we, we didn't yeah. get any points uh, there. I'm not ready to rush away from this topic yet either. <laughs> hey, dig into it, buddy. I want this fucking, this is our one-year beef anniversary, man. We're fucking, we're taking it. We're taking it to the home stretch. Okay, and if Randy Orton is a Grand Slam champion... By holding the tag team titles and the WWE title and the Intercontinental and the United States titles, that's it, right? 
Uh, U.S. And I said that. Oh, um, world title. Yeah, world title. What does that make Roman Reigns, who's held all of that, and the Universal Championship? Like, do we coin a new term? Well, that's kind of my point. And what about Jericho and the other guys who who held the the um, undisputed title? And you know, I mean, there's just been. How about the light heavyweight title? Takamichinuku held that. How many other people held that? Right. Um, the Hardcore. cruiserweight title. There was a cruiserweight title before Two Hundred Five Live. Is that the same one? I don't know. There was the a million dollar championship in the Smoking Skull Belt. Yeah, what about those? What about fucking, I mean, do you have to hold the money in the bank, the King of the Ring, and the Royal Rumble also? I mean, like, yeah, the term Grand Slam is just super loose. That's my point. I mean, it's their company. It can be whatever they want it to be. But to me, that term is just so super loose. I don't, with how many titles have come and gone and how many titles they have, I wish they wouldn't use the term Grand Slam Champion. Because to me, that means you've held every title in the company at that time that your gender and or weight limit allows. Which maybe counts, but I mean, like, yeah, you have it. Okay, I guess NXT doesn't count. 205 Live doesn't count. The women's titles don't count. So, yeah, I guess Randy Orton counts then. So, I guess by the definition I just made it, he does count, and I should shut up. (laughs) I'm looking at a chart here, though. Okay. Um, and I the like charts. I love charts. The format of WWE's Grand Slam qualifications, and they're, they're ones from now. Okay. Okay. Originally, you had to have the WWE or WWF Championship, yep. the World Heavyweight Championship, the WWF World Tag Team well, that's Championship. A, that's already wrong. That's already wrong. If you're saying originally... Originally, their Grand Slam champion, there was only one World Heavyweight Championship to begin with. Oh. The original Grand Slam champion, the original WWF Grand Slam champion was just IC, WWF World, and Tag Team. Okay. I know that for a fact. This Wikipedia Wikipedia is more so at the Attitude Era. Okay, but that's fine, because we are farther past that, so go ahead, keep going. Um, the Intercontinental, the European, and the Hardcore Championship. Oh, yeah, now, fuck. they don't even have the European or Hardcore. You're right, I forgot all about those ones. Now the only thing that qualifies is you need to hold one or the other, WWE Championship or the Universal Championship. That shouldn't be right. Team okay. Championship, one of the two, not both. Okay. And both secondary championships, the IC title and the United States title. So you have to hold so four titles. the expectations are much less than they used to be. Yeah. And must, much easier to get with there being that many more titles, right? Yeah. Because if you only have to have one or the other, then that's easier to get. Because that means you have two different people that you can take it from. If you can't take right. it from this champion, you go to the other one and take it from that champion. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just don't like you that should, term. You should be more firm with it. It shouldn't be able to change. You should maybe add a different tier into it. Because what about people who are coming up from NXT who are going to hold the NXT title? 
That's my point. Like Seth Rollins. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Rollins. So you should tears to it because. I, that's I just I just don't I think they should just they should just retire the term Grand Slam champion. It shouldn't exist. With as fluid I mean, as championships are. D on Grand Slam champions because it's it's always been so fluid. Yeah, I just yeah, that's just it. I mean, it's it's a small bitch of mine, and it really doesn't affect anything. Randy Orton being an, a Grand Slam champion now doesn't affect anything. So it is a small bitch that you and I took a lot of time on, but it's just something as as real professional wrestling fans seems to matter to us, right? Yeah. Ter- terms and conditions like that, I guess. Like, to me, I don't know. It is making a mountain out of a molehill, but I think we're allowed to do that. If if they make that big of a deal about it, aren't we allowed to make that big of a deal about it? I guess is my I thoughts. think so. Yeah. If they wouldn't have made a big deal about it, we wouldn't have said anything, right? Right. But as soon as he won it, Michael Cole's like, Randy Orton's now Grand Slam champion! Fuck yeah. off! And now is our, and that was the moment that I took to the fucking internet to disprove Michael Cole. It's your fault, Cole. It's all your fault. I still love you. Damn it. <laughs> Next up, we have Natalia and Carmella defeating Becky Lynch and Naomi. <laughs> yes. Um, this was, this really could have went either way. I, I, no, I did watch this match. Um, I put, I picked up the win on this one. I picked Natalia and Carmella. You picked Lynch and Naomi. Um, the biggest thing coming out of this from what I've heard from social media is Becky Lynch's attire. Again, I want to hear your take on this before I give you my take on it. Or do you even remember it? You mean her flame print romper? Yeah. Stupid. Okay, it seems about 50% down the middle over the internet. 50% of people think it's stupid, horrible, and ugly. The other 50% think it's awesome, sexy, and and, and, and whatnot. Um, I guess when I seen it, I just thought it was like an ode to Bam Bam Bigelow. And I didn't think okay. nothing of it. I didn't think it looked yeah, but bad. Yeah, that whole straight fire gimmick, and that's immediately where I went. See, I and, didn't even think of that, I but I should have. <coughs> Again, I wasn't paying much attention. Her skin should be a little less orange. <laughs> Personally, I don't know. I haven't been down with her look ever. I think the fact that um, the biggest thing coming out of this was them talking about her outfit speaks volumes to the match itself. Right, right. The only surprising thing in this match was Carmella picked up the win. I didn't expect to see that. Have you heard? Um, have you heard the rumors that Carmella is just going to lose the title? Also, yeah, she's going to cash in at Mania just because and lose get some recognition for it. Plus, she'll be on the WrestleMania DVD and get royalties. What are your thoughts about it's this? Good. Um, it makes sense. She wasn't going to win the championship either way if she waited. And if she waits too long, I mean, if, if the next Money in the Bank hits, her her briefcase is null and void. Yep. So, <clears throat> and I mean, who's she going to cash in on right now? 
really none well, here, of them. Here's here's what's crazy. I was yesterday. I was driving to to another town for a doctor's appointment for my son. It was me, my son's mother, and my son. And we were talking. And we were talking about... Her and I talk about wrestling all the time. You hear me talking about it. She's one of the people I bounce bounce shit off on. She's she's really into... She's really into WWE. I'm not going to say she's really into pro wrestling. She's really into WWE. So we talk a lot of WWE. And we were talking and something clicked while we were driving. And I had this whole fucking thing come out in my head. And I love what just was spawned in my head. And here it is, Pasty. We're going to have Alexa versus Nia Jax at Mania, right? We're pretty sure, right? Yeah. I could I could say it's guaranteed. That's kind of a no-win situation there in itself. You have Alexa lose. You've built her up to be everything she is. Um, but you can have her lose. Okay, Nia Jax is a big beast, a monster. You can have her win, right? Right. You don't. You can have Nia lose because Alexa is been has been such an amazing uh, champion and wrestler, and she can find any way to get out of any situation. And Nia's been a little victim crybaby. Yeah, but then that hurts Nia even more, right? That hurts her credibility. Right. And you 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 don't want. Carmella cashing in on a, you don't want Carmella beating right now from what I see you don't want Carmella beating Alexa I think that's horrible right you don't want Carmella beating um Charlotte that's horrible you don't want Carmella beating Oscar that's horrible and you don't want Carmella beating Naya that's horrible right like none of those sound like yeah. realistic good things right right this was what popped into my head, and, and I loved it. And I thought, God, I, I want them to do this. Nia Jax and Alexa have a match at WrestleMania. Nia Jax just demolishes Alexa as much as she can, does everything she can. Alexa finds a way to Alexa her way out of it and wins it. She still wins it because she's Alexa Bliss. Holy shit, nobody's seen that. We all thought this was Nia's moment. We thought she was going to win it. It was going to be the happy day, yada, yada, yada. But Alexa, but Asuka got her happy day. So you can't. everybody can't have a happy day, whatever. So either Nia gets pissed and beats her afterwards, or maybe Alexa is just really beat up from that match. Carmella cashes in, beats Alexa after that hard-fought match. And... And Carmella becomes the champion. Now, sometime between WrestleMania or the Raw, let's say the sometime between the Raw after WrestleMania and the next pay per view, Nia Jax gets a match against Carmella. Nia Jax beats Carmella for the title, which is better than than Alexa didn't lose to Nia. Alexa didn't lose to anybody really. I mean, she did, but she lost. You know, she saves face. And Nia Jax is now the big beast champion. Carmella had her champion. She had her cash in successfully. I I like that. I, I see that being okay for all people. I think it elevates Alexa, um, Carmella, and Nia. It does. That's a good idea. But I don't see WWE to um, view this year's briefcase as a briefcase that can travel between brands. 
because I think that's in the works for this upcoming year's. But briefcase. it is a briefcase that can. But this year, I don't think we I don't think with that, the way they're we? planning on running their pay per views going forward, but I don't Asuka, think they would do that now. Oscar challenged Charlotte. Yeah, I know. Oscar won the Royal Rumble. You have the right to pick your champion. And so does the briefcase holder. Yes, but I think that's going to be a bigger angle in next year's run of the briefcase than. I just don't see a better way to... And I don't think WWE is willing to do that. I I hear you. I hear you. Carmella was going to cash in her briefcase and lose, whether it be at Mania or (laughs) after Mania or before Mania. It doesn't matter. She's going to lose. But see, isn't... So there's two things I have against that. One, just... If she cashes in at Mania and loses, she gets that paycheck. And that's bigger win than having a championship, in a sense. It isn't. Not not kayfabe, it isn't. No. But look at the bigger picture. You're getting WrestleMania royalties. To me, there's two things wrong with that. One, I think it's it's the first time you ever have two money in the banks. I think it's very not positive to have both of them lose the cash in. I don't see the point in that. Do it. She's all for it. I don't see why? Who said that? What nobody she wants to lose that. it? She never said she wants to lose it. Yes, as long as she gets to have a moment at WrestleMania, she's happy. No. That's what was She wants to cash it in at WrestleMania and win the title. <laughs> and two Yeah. Everybody knows For that... you to have for you to have they've already tainted the first ever women's money in the bank with having a man win it. Can you really taint it again by having her lose it? Yes. Why? How? How do you justify that? So women, so women are not... not. I would hate to see her as a champion, even for a minute. She's a transitional champion. That's okay. We've had worse. We've had way worse. We had gender for how many fucking months? Hey, he's better now than he ever was before. And so is I... Carmella. I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I feel like you're saying a, a woman can't even win a money in the bank, and b, a woman is cannot even take the opportunity that's given to her handed on a silver platter. I think it's horrible. I'm not saying know. woman can't. I'm saying that this woman can't. I know, but WWE is saying that a woman can't if they do that. That is what they are saying to to their fans, at least. Not- the bigger picture man and you don't want to tell the same story two years in a row and if something but they are telling the same story no corbin lost it and she lost it that's literally the same fucking story and that's the story of this year raw does it smackdown copies it it's it's been this year in wrestling i like my idea better i agree that wwe might not do my idea I agree with that, but I like my idea. I'm just saying from a logical standpoint, I think WWE wouldn't do that this year because that's going to be a bigger thing next year. I think storyline-wise, it makes more sense than anything I can currently (laughs) see going any other way. Because you literally elevate all three women involved in in my situation. Yeah. Doesn't mean they'll do it. That's just how I feel. 
Um, I, I understand what you're saying, though, Pasty, and, and I could easily see that. I don't want to see it. Um, then we had the fourth match, which was SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Usos versus the New Day. This didn't even have a winner. This ended in a no contest when the Bludgeon Brothers came down and bludgeoned them. And sent, it was good. And sent fucking Xavier Woods to the hospital. <laughs> the and, thing then, is, and then to Barnes so and Noble. The match started, I'm like, uh... This is not going to be their best match. And right. I am already checking out. They've had great matches. Let's put that Bludgeon out there. Really. showed up at the right time. Because I was in the process of checking out on this match. And it's good. It elevated the Bludgeon Brothers. It didn't hurt either team. Because it hurt both of them. Yep. No, no, no. You're right. It didn't hurt either team. See, this is the first match I actually, like, probably tried to really pay attention to while watching this. And I agree with you. I think, number one, the fact that we had Usos versus New Day again proves... That wasn't because there's a feud. That's because they just had nothing else to do. Right. And the thing is, when Usos got the championships back this time, they said that New Day wasn't going to get any more chances. Yeah. Well, and they came to a truce, right? They were like, we respect each other. It's like, fuck it. We don't even want to fight each other again. So the fact that that WWE had nothing else to do except force them to do it, because we didn't want to see anything else on the pay-per-view, I think it's awesome that they had the Bludgeon Brothers come down, and like you said, nobody looked bad, because no team lost. And now we set up the fifth triple threat match at WrestleMania, or Triple Mania, as I'm dubbing it now. <sighs> we're going to get, but fuck it. We will. But yeah, I, I agree. I think I think this was the only... I think this was the best way they could have done this. Was to have the Bludgeon Brothers come down. They've been hinting the Bludgeon Brothers for literally over a month. And you can't have either the Usos or the New Day win because they've already called it a draw. So, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, you did pick Usos. I did pick New Day. Neither one of us got points because, obviously, it was Bludgeon Brothers. So, fuck <laughs> it! Uh, we had the SDL Dub C or the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. We had Charlotte Flair taking on Ruby Riot. Uh, before we go anywhere, I want to say, after watching this match... I 100% think Ruby Riot is a main event future fucking champion this year. Holy fuck. I don't care what you think about what her face looks like, her personality and her in-ring work and the way she told a story with Charlotte. This woman is one of the futures of women's wrestling in WWE. Yep. I got that from this match too. It Loved changed. It. It was uh, almost on par with that women's match from the last NXT TakeOver with how much it, like, opened my eyes. It was good. They both both actually showed a lot of personality during the match, I thought, right? Yeah. I enjoyed this. I I, I very much enjoyed it. 
Um, Ruby Wright's obviously going to break away from the Riot Squad this year, probably within the next three to two months, which to me might be a little too soon, but I love factions, so that's just me. But um, I've, I've always liked her. I've liked her for a long time, to be honest, but um, since before she even joined WWE, but this, in WWE, this really, to me, showed on a big stage, on a pay-per-view with their top woman, she wants to put it all out there. and she's, she's making a name for herself. Uh, moving on, we had the main event. The way the fuck too many goddamn people in a match challenge for the championship. AJ Styles came in as champion and he left as champion even though there were literally 75 other people in there with him. Um, again, I'm just going to step on your toes and I'm going to start right away, Pasty, just by saying one thing. Every WWE fan who gets pissed at Ring of Honor and New Japan and all these other indies for having spot fest matches, this was a spot fest match. Not in a bad way. Very, very good. Very entertaining. Best match of the night. Um, but look at the very first fucking 30 seconds of the match with John Cena hitting an AA on everybody except Styles. And it never ended after that. It was spot after spot after spot after spot after spot. I loved it. I Did loved they not, it so much. Are they not watching fucking Ring of Honor in New Japan, pasty? <laughs> this is not your typical WWE main event. Well, it? Randy Orton wasn't in this match. <laughs> He probably wasn't watching it either. Right. <laughs> uh, God, just a good match. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler walked down the fucking ramp to his music, though. Uh, I've given up on, on even caring about <laughs> what his so music pissed. is this week. They just need to figure that out. It's fucking dumb. That's classic WWE, but the rest I thought was just um, great. Yeah, entertaining. How about how about Sami Zayn's entrance, overlapping Kevin Owens' entrance? Right. Oh, about, I love that. How about Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn said he was going to lay down for Kevin Owens, and he literally laid down for Kevin Owens. Yep. Right? Yep. He didn't even, like, of course. fight it. Kevin Owens is the one that picked him up and started fighting. He didn't even pin him. Yep. Well, he knew Sammy was going to pull it over on him. I mean, everybody that. knew that if... <laughs> we don't know, because he never gave him a chance, right? Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. Sammy Zayn was never going to lay down for him. But I thought it was cool that they actually had Sammy Zayn lay down for him. Like, Sammy Zayn was I a man of his word. See it. Yeah, yeah. I expected to see it. I was happy to see it. I expected it the other way. I expected what I think a lot of people expected was Sami Zayn was going to lay down. Kevin Owens was going to go for the cover. Sami Zayn was going to go for a small package. Like, not let him cover him. Yep, yep. And they put a twist on it. Sami Zayn laid down. Kevin Owens looked at him, thought about it, looked at him, thought about it, went to pick him up. And then went to attack him, and then Sami Zayn small packaged him. So Sami Zayn was still literally defending himself and not, I mean, he he just didn't want to get hurt. 
I mean, you know, kayfabe, kayfabe. Let's. I'm just right, kayfabe right, right, here. right. We know what it is, but no, I was surprised. I was not looking forward to this clusterfuck of a everybody's in this match match. Um, and they put out a good Ring of Honor match. I thought, like, I thought this was a very old school Ring of Honor spot fest. Everybody in there, get your moves in as much as you can. Tons of uh, false finishes everywhere. Match, and I was okay with it. Match of the night. I I get so sick of of uh, WWE pay per views that I don't like the main event as the match of the night. This one was. It was it was fan fucking tastic, <clears throat> and how about fucking Shane McMahon? We all knew he was gonna get. Who comes down and stands by the ring post for the whole match? Shane McFucking <laughs> Mahon. You know, ah, uh, that was that was funny stuff though. Him screwing both of them over, and I love that the next this week on SmackDown. They were back together again to destroy Shane McMahon. I love that chemistry between Kevin and Sammy. And they can play this forever, you know? So They're have... too bad to, to hate each other, but we'll work together when it's... They hate the authority more, They don't even hate right? each other. They hate the authority yeah. more, yeah. Yeah, it's but... basic. We, we, have to, we have to talk about it, because we're not going to get to the show's. They literally just set up another fucking triple threat match on SmackDown. Oh, yeah, Did yeah. Did not? Because he's... Shane's stepping down from his role as commissioner of SmackDown. And nobody suspects he's going to be in the fucking match against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. <laughs> Especially after they beat him down in the ring, outside the ring, and backstage. Which was a good beatdown, wasn't it? A pretty good yes. beatdown segment? I yeah. liked it. When Sami Zayn came at him from behind and knocked him in the back of the head, I don't think Shane was expecting it. I think he was his timing was off because I think he got clocked pretty decently there. So we got oh man, I'm not even going to be able to think of him because I'm drinking and because it's late at night and because of everything. So we got that triple threat match. We got the triple threat tag team match, obviously. With the Bludgeon Brothers and the Usos and the New Day. We got the Triple Threat IC title match, right? Right. We got the Triple Threat uh, US title match. With Rude and uh, uh, Jinder and uh, Orton. Um, I know I'm missing it. There's there's more Triple Threat. I, I, I swear to God, they're just... They're, they're, they're either going to have a ton of multi-people matches or a ton of triple threat matches because they're already building up a shit ton of triple threat matches for this WrestleMania. My initial thought is I don't like that. Um, they could end up being great matches. I'm not going to say because they're triple threat matches they're not. It just seems really awkward to me that we're going to have this many fucking triple threat matches at a time. Now, I understand they have a... They have probably the most stacked roster they've maybe had of all time uh maybe only second to the early 2000s so yes they have a ton of talent i really I hope that. all of these triple threat matches at mania hold true to the no disqualification rule and there's actually use that 
Because some triple threat matches don't use that. And I think we'll probably get at least one at Mania that doesn't. But if they all did, I would be a happy fucking dude. Call it Triple Mania. Fuck that Hardcore Mania. Um, I'm pretty sure... Uh, it sounds like... And this is, uh, um... This is raw, but it sounds like Bailey Sasha is not gonna be on WrestleMania anymore. That's what the, the news is saying, that they're just gonna be part of the, uh, Pimpy Longstocking <laughs> Battle Royal, and they're not gonna get a match. I think that's a loss. But I know you can only have so many matches. I get that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Pasty, I don't have anything else on our agenda. What more do you want to talk about or anything? Yeah. It's 3.30. I'm all right. We got three weeks yet till Mania. Maybe longer than that. Uh, there's still time for things to build. There's a lot of time for everything to change. Literally everything could change other than Rome. Well, even Rome, actually with the whole fucking, uh, Johnny, Johnny Bravo of Cartoon Network and, and Richard Rodriguez, even Roman and fucking Brock could change, I guess. So yeah, literally anything could change between now and then. But let's be honest. We're getting into the low. Between now and Mania, we're probably going to get shit uh, Raws and Smackdowns. This week, um, I liked the end of Smackdown, but otherwise, yeah, it was a pretty shit Raw and Smackdown. I didn't even try to write it in. And I think going forward until Mania, we're probably going to get a lot of shit Raw and Smackdowns. Do you agree, It depends, on? man, if my prediction comes true and American Badass Undertaker returns to take on John Cena. I think we could have some good promos before. And I think it almost has been confirmed. I think it has been confirmed that it's going to be a career versus career match, which is perfect. I haven't heard it's, it's confirmed, but I, I that's that's <coughs> basically the, the money is on that, yeah. Uh, so, even, if, so let's say if they give me that and give me Kid Rock doing the Undertaker's American Badass theme, unfortunately it won't be Limp Bizkit with Roland, but Kid Rock is being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. I didn't even touch the, the Fred Dersh versus Kid Rock debate that's going on online. <laughs> I think Limp Bizkit deserves it more, but it makes sense with Kid Rock being inducted. With the WWE Hall of Fame, there is no deserve. That's my always my bottom fucking line. Um, but but still, even besides, even... I think Limp Bizkit is the reason WWE stopped letting so many superstars shill out for real songs made by bands. Yeah, CM Punk. I think that's with, where the, the royalties issue. CM Punk and, and Ronda Rousey both agree with you, Pasty. Um, they'll they'll back that up. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's two people in the last you. decade. That's 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 more than they had before that. No, um, no. <laughs> um, but let's let's say let's say Cena Taker gives us amazing promos every week. That's still fucking ten minutes of a three-hour RAW. It's still gonna be a shit RAW or a shit SmackDown. I hope not. I don't know, but I mean that's I hope that's it's for the best. 
the, the, for the best. The past, the past tells us, right? Actually, me. If, if and we look build at the, up, I'm excited for WrestleMania, so I'm going to be along for the ride, and I'm going to enjoy it. This looks on paper like one of the better WrestleManias we've seen on paper for a long time. We can agree on that, right? Yeah. So, yay us. But yeah, I, I just I don't expect much going forward. I hope our, our fans don't expect much on the Raw SmackDown front going forward. It might just be highlights. It's we'll okay, see. we usually don't have time to get to that shit anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Get a couple of the important things to talk about and move on. There's so much to talk about in the world of wrestling. Obviously, there's at least a year's worth to fucking talk about pro wrestling, Pasty. At least a fucking whole year's worth to talk about pro wrestling. Pasty, let me fucking go out of my way to say, Joe bless you and thank you for giving me this past year, my man. It's been fucking amazing. It's been awesome. And even the, the the nights that I dread having to fucking do the show, and not because of you, just because of what's going on earlier in the day and I'm wore out or this or that or the other. After I after I fucking after you and I give that intro, I'm so fucking sucked into it, man, that I enjoy every moment until we shut it off. It's great. It's like weekly therapy. Truly. <coughs> So with that being said, thank you for a motherfucking year of beef sticking us in the ass. I'm Fat Mac. I'm Pasty White. And we will now leave you with our favorite moment of the last year. And unsurprisingly, it involves our great friend... Strategy. You gotta be desperate to watch shit on Crackle. Because Crackle cuts in at the worst possible times and it's just like, okay, just sit through 10 commercials. And they're not short commercials. You can coordinate a full fucking meal sometimes. Well, I eat them in a while, I'm taking Oh, there you go. Same time. So is that what you were drinking in the shower before the podcast? Shitting in the shower while eating your dinner. I was eating a porter in the shower while shitting. I mean, it just makes sense. That sounds three things at once. That sounds sexy. No, no, it just all goes. Dude, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking shower party. Shower party. This one one is is B-Y-O-M. Bring Bring your your own own meat. (laughs) It's it's exclusive. (laughs) Yeah. We're having a meat party. Sorry, Sorry, guys. The meat meat party party is locked locked behind behind our Patreon. Patreon. At the the initial initial buy-in level of $1 a month. (laughs) For $1 $1 a month, month, I'll I'll give you half the directions. Choose a house. It's gonna be me, Strata, and Pasty eating and shitting in the shower. 
Coming, coming soon. soon. 